This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Listen, listen, listen. I haven't seen you guys since Valentine's Day. And the reason why is I showed you. I showed you Rachel Dolezal's asshole, and I haven't been the same since. I had to, I had to, I had to take some time off. BB girl, good evening. Oh, you did some, you did some fungus. I'm so glad you had a good time. Did you go out in nature? What? You, okay, so there's, there's like two different types of tripping you can do. You can go out in nature, and you can enjoy uh, the sun. Is is fun while you're tripping? Clinically, your friendly neighborhood news gimp has arrived. I finally, I have finally recovered from seeing Rachel Dolezal's asshole. We're gonna find out what that news be doing. I'm, I'm proud of the show that we're getting ready to do because it is, it is jam packed. It's a lot of content. I think we're gonna learn a lot. However, there's some sad moments to this show. There's going to be some fun moments. There's going to be some sad moments to this show. And I cried the entire time I was putting together the series of stories that we're going to talk about. I'm going to try my best not to cry when we actually get to it. But there's been a horrendous incident. It's made national news, but I don't know... I don't know how well it has permeated the culture. I, party Lights and Radiohead or Pink Floyd. That's my kind of thing. M83, MGMT. That's what I like to do when I'm tripping. I can get into a little Nine Inch Nails, but it's a little... I don't like to... I like real happy passion pit. I like real happy upbeat music when I'm tripping. Nine Inch Nails gets a little... And you gotta watch out with the Radiohead, right? Radiohead got some fucking jams, but they got some songs that make you want to slit your wrist. Really? It's my favorite thing to do. I'm I'm one of those people I gotta have a whole routine planned out. We're gonna, we're gonna play some video games, something that's like, uh... Tetris with the with all the Tetris effect. Libertad, good evening. With all the with all the music and shit, fantastic while you're coming up. DJ Dub, good evening, my friend. And when you start losing your motor skills, that's when it's like, alright, we time to put the video games away. Let's put on the party lights and dance. Put on the party lights and dance. And when you're coming down on the backside, I like to I like to do a movie. I like to do like Fantasia. Fantasia was one of the the movies I watched while tripping that I really enjoyed. I I miss tripping. I need to trip. I speaking of which, I'm not high enough for this shit. Good evening, welcome, welcome. I've got a client I want to bitch about. Curiouser saw the video I did for him. So he's a nurse. And uh, he's, he's doing like health YouTube videos. Health and fitness YouTube videos. 
And curiouser, like, first thing he said, she was like, well, that's not true. He's full of shit. Warlord, good evening. I've been busy, guys. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I really, I really apologize. I'm trying to keep on a regular schedule, but, like, I've been trying to not, uh, well, I've, I've been barely scraping. I've been doing the bare minimal to get by for years now. And I, I kind of, I'm at the point now where I would like to, uh, meat cakes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I was, that's what I was explaining. I'm trying to concentrate more on my business. My, I make videos for people. If anybody, oh, you were, you were just here a couple weeks ago, weren't you? Um, it hasn't been that long. Uh, we had a daytime stream. Something was going on and you were here. Have I done a daytime stream recently? I don't even fucking remember. I've missed you, meat cakes. God damn it, socks! Well, basically, I'm trying. I'm trying to concentrate on my actual business because some of the discourse that I've missed out on while I've been away is apparently uh, Hassan said some shit about how hard his job was as a streamer. Can I just go ahead and say, I hate streamers. Hate them. Hate them with a passion. Me included. I hate my self-loathing over here. I hate all streamers, right? Vosh, Hassan, all y'all suck. Hey, I've got some self-awareness. Apparently, apparently there's a whole host of streamers that don't have any fucking self-awareness whatsoever. And then you get in the comments and people are defending them and shit, and I don't even understand it. I don't want to get into that. I had a whole falling out with a bunch of streamers about how streaming isn't a real job. But I have a real job. I have a real business. And I should really concentrate on doing that. And that's what I've been doing. And sometimes people just, they overwhelm me. I, I have a, uh, I have a hippie. I don't even know what to, hippie. That's not the right word. A new age woo. A school that I make videos for now. Um, I've got the nurse, the nurse, the nurse that was full of shit, man. And he started talking about how he was from the Bronx and how he was going to move down to the free state of Florida because migrants can get a, get away with beating cops up. It was insane. I was like, well, this, this guy is definitely a dumb fuck. I've met cats and dogs smarter than Chirachik. If you haven't seen the video, I think producer Dave played it last night. But some of you may have already watched it. We're going to watch the highlights. I went and looked and seen how long the actual thing is. It's like an hour of them talking back and forth. So we're, we're going to watch uh, three, of the, three of the best clips from it. But I'll link it in the chat if you want to watch the whole thing. 
And as Ricky said, I've met cats and dogs smarter than Chirich. But this this um, this nurse that I'm I'm doing the videos for, the thing that's been cracking me up is the way he's and Curiouser even predicted it. He was like, I, I bet he hates uh, high fructose corn syrup. And I'm like, yes, he rails against it all the time, which I'm not in disagreement about that. But he, the way he says it, I don't want to make fun of him because he may have a speech impediment. But the speech impediment with the Bronx accent is just, it's hilarious to me. Here's what I'm talking about. So every time you eat something with fructose, a lot of fructose, it goes right to your liver. So when you eat something with a lot of fructose. So every time you eat something with fructose, a lot of fructose, it goes right to your liver. And I'm editing, <laughs> I'm editing this guy. And it's, uh, it's like every other word is, is fructose. Sucks, buddy. You're killing me. You're killing me. Canc Why are we canceling Justin this time? I didn't do anything. I did not do any. I did not do 9-11. Oh, shit. He, he ain't coming over and getting on camera, is he? He's wanting to be, he's wanting to be over here behind the camera. So he can like tease me and shit. It sucks. Socks is the one that's doing this shit and aggravating me, right? He's coming back over here again. Socks, dude, stop it. How often do you see Socks on camera? You don't, because he don't like to get on camera. Am I unbanned from where? I'm currently banned on Facebook. <laughs> I had I had another dumb fuck. Try to come at me on Facebook and uh, I I might have photoshopped myself into pictures with his wife because I do things like that. But calling calling his um calling his kids potatoes apparently crosses the line and I got banned for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This might have been my favorite picture I did. I actually uh, photoshopped my head onto their baby. So I've got, I've got the two of them. I know, I'm insulting kids and everything. So I've got the two of them holding baby me. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm, I know I'm not even bald anymore. I, expl I explained this to the Facebook though. I really should quit using the bald picture, but I'm in the awkward phase. Like my, my hair looks really awkward. I, um, I posted about it and Curiouser told me that I should, I should Photoshop, uh, my pictures I was like, what do you mean Photoshop? Photoshop them like this? 
little sombrero on my head. I have fun. I kid, I kid. I've met cats and dogs smarter than Chai or Achik. I don't even know if I'm saying her name right. That's not the only thing we're going to talk about tonight. She's got blood on her hands. We're going to talk about the blood that she has on her hands, and hopefully I won't cry when we're doing that story. Hopefully I won't cry when I describe Trump winning the South Carolina primary. I wonder if Lindsey Graham cried when he got booed at Trump's victory speech. Haley, uh, Nikki Haley responded to her resounding loss in her home state this morning on the Today Show. We're going to get the, the CPAC poll for who the conservative crazies think should be Trump's running mate. I, I actually, I've not peaked. I'm not a pre-watch Andy on this one. I have no clue who it is. Once again, I, I am backing Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, that is my pick for his vice presidential pick. We're going to get a taste of what Trump had to say at CPAC because apparently, apparently he tore the house down with, uh, some crude insults and, uh, mockery. So I'm very much looking forward to watching this clip. Trump's lawyers saying today that they want Fannie Willis, the DA in Georgia, to testify again after new evidence was uncovered in Georgia. Uh, that testimony, the original testimony, taking place like the day after the last time I saw you guys. So uh, I didn't get a chance to cover it. So how's about we watch the 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 tasty bits, the top ten. Top 10 moments from Fannie Willis's explosive testimony. We're going to check in on the New Jersey Senate primary. Apparently, Tammy Murphy has been denied yet again for the California Senate primary. We're going to look in on that race where apparently... One Democrat uh, may emerge from the field along with one Republican thanks to the two progressives cannibalizing the Democratic vote in the Senate primary, unfortunately. Voters in Michigan say they would rather vote for Mickey Mouse than Joe Biden. Where's my drop? I haven't, I haven't hit it in so long. Where's it at? Come on, man. Snicks. Good evening, Snicks. Right chick. Right chick. Kaya Right chick. Who this is this is not a story that I'm going to go into. However, uh several people on Twitter uh misgendered her, called her a trans woman. Circulated a story that it had been confirmed. I don't know how I feel about that. Vivek. Warlord's still on the Vivek trade. I, like... I don't know how I feel about misgendering a bigot, you know? On the on the one hand, me as an edgy comedian, shock jock, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I'm all about, you know, whatever... Uh, whatever gets under the skin of the person you're insulting. 
But from a, you know, um, a societal norms kind of deal from a from the world that we want that we want our kids to grow up in, uh, the aspirational. The fuck am I even talking to kids? I don't have any fucking kids. Uh, the aspirational world. What I the I'm not high enough for this shit. Fuck it, misgender the cunt. I don't give a shit. Did I mention I hate streamers? Yeah, clip that. Clip that. Clip just me saying misgender the cunt. I don't give a shit. That is definitely something somebody can use against me. Out of context. Shit, even with the context, it doesn't make me sound all that good. Justin loves people that are gender fluid. Justin Justin is totally cool with anybody however they want to be and invites everybody to the orgy. The problem is big. It's like Miss Rachick here. Right, right, Rachick. Some Michigan Democrats say that they would rather vote for Mickey Mouse than Joe Biden. And that might have something to do with his position uh, on continuing to fund and abet a genocide in Gaza, which apparently a Marine. I believe that was the branch he was representing. It was an armed serviceman was in front of the White House earlier today. And set himself on fire. We might find out if he lived or not. Apparently, we'll we'll get the we'll get the rundown from a reporter. I don't know if she was on the scene, but she had a witness account at least. Apparently, the cops stood with their guns drawn, pointing at the dude who was on fire. Telling him to get down on the ground. And I totally believe that. Self-immolation. A form of protest. Benjamin Netanyahu this morning on Face the Nation spoke some truth. I hate I hate to admit it. Said that the U.S. would be doing much worse if they experienced October 7th, and he's kind of right. The body of Alexei Navalny, who was assassinated in Russia. I guess that's not confirmed. Allegedly assassinated. He was assassinated. Can I say that? Like, he, he was, like, he, we all know he was assassinated. I don't have to say allegedly, do I? He was assassinated. Body returned to his mother. We had another balloon. It's almost like a, a fucking year to the day, isn't it? Of the, of the last balloon craze. We're going to do some economic stories tonight. CEOs are cashing in or cashing out. Cashing out. 
cashing cashing out and cashing in. Widespread tech layoffs despite a strong economy. We're going to get some music in here. We're going to talk about uh, Beyonce's country album, which is apparently akin to a dog pissing on a tree. Michael Knowles really doesn't like Ice Spice. All that and a lot freaking more tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. Good evening. Welcome. It's 8.20. I promise to always be doing the news by 8.20. I try to get my rambling done. Get the plugs for what we're going to be talking about in. The South Carolina primary was yesterday. Trump ran away with it. Nikki Haley defeated in her home state. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. With this 20-point win in the South Carolina Republican primary, Donald Trump is that much closer to securing the Republican nomination. What do you mean that much closer? It's over. It's been over. Everybody agrees it's over. This motherfucker is the Republican nominee. The primary, in a lot of respects, was over before it began. And certainly the consistent trend we've seen in the primary so far means that, you know, Trump doesn't have anything to prove. Trump's last remaining challenger, Nikki Haley, trailed him by a wide margin, but she did make one thing clear in her speech on Saturday night. No matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. South Carolina is an important state on this primary map. It's the first southern state to vote, and the South is really the bedrock of today's Republican Party. Trump's victory in South Carolina gives him that many more delegates, that much closer to that magic number of officially clinching the nomination. For Haley, it's a bit of a different situation. South Carolina, of course, is Nikki Haley's home state. She was born and raised there and served as the state's governor for six years. The fact that South Carolina's Republican voters have turned on Nikki Haley so decisively, despite how much they once loved her, uh, is really a psychic blow to her and her campaign and a psychic victory for Trump to be able to say, this is her state and she still couldn't win it. It's really a sign of how the Republican Party, both in South Carolina and across the country, has been taken over by Donald Trump. Despite the big win, it's not necessarily smooth sailing for Trump. I don't even like the idea uh, that it's been taken. Well, Richard, I, technically Bernie had a shot. He was still, I mean, Haley's still mathematically in it. But it's impossible. Also, good evening, Richard. I don't like this idea that Trump somehow took over the Republican Party. He is the culmination of everything the Republicans have been doing for the last 70 years. Read a fucking history book. So the idea that he like he is separate from the the Republican Party is absurd to me. From here on out. Even and also, also, Bernie was meant to be a protest candidacy that actually had a shot to win that, like, he looked up in January was like, holy shit, we might actually be able to pull this out. It was an outside chance at that point. 
But his original goal was never to win the, the nomination. It was only to push Hillary Clinton to the left. So, I, I don't know. Nikki Haley's goal seems to be to be there should Trump drop out for some reason, I assume. There, she's only there because there's money backing her. If we consider him the presumptive nominee, Donald Trump has a very challenging path ahead of him. He is famously facing a huge onslaught from the legal system, 91 criminal charges in four different cases, as well as some civil trials. So he's going to have a very full calendar in the courtroom going forward. It's election interference at the highest level. It's a disgrace. That could create complications for him financially as well. He has been using his political apparatus to pay a lot of his legal fees. That has been called into question with uh, some Republican officials saying that the Republican National Committee should not be spending that money for Trump and it should come out of his own pocket. These repulsive abuses of power are not just uh, an attack on me. They're really the attack on you and all Americans. Most people think that it hurts Trump in the general election to be facing so much legal difficulty. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. We have seen in head-to-head -head polls that test Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. He wins some, he loses some, but it tends to be very close. Whereas in many polls, Haley defeats Biden in a blowout. She beats him in some instances by, by double digits in those early polls. That doesn't even make sense to me. More popular with a more well-off, more educated and wealthier group of, of voters. Really, that's what is enabling her to stay in this race is that she's not in danger of running out of money. Things can always change, but even in the 16 states that are voting on Super Tuesday, we really don't see anywhere that looks promising for Nikki Haley. If Trump keeps sweeping through the Republican primaries as quickly as he has, he could wrap up the nomination as soon as mid-March, which would put us on course for that Trump-Biden rematch we've been expecting. I mean, it's going to be 16 resounding losses on Super Tuesday, right? I don't see any other thing happening. really enjoy this. So Trump's, I guess it, this was his victory speech uh, last night. He introduces our good friend, Lindsey Graham, and look what happens. Another man, not a lot of people know him. He doesn't do too much television. He happens to be a little bit uh, further left than some of the people on the stage. But I always say... When I'm in trouble on the left, I call up Lindsey Graham and he straightens it out so fast. And I'll He's a dia. No, no. Good evening. Remember, remember. A resounding chorus of boos towards Senator Lindsey Graham. And I'll tell you. No, no. No, no. Remember. Remember, I love him. He's a good man. Come up here, Lindsay. Come up here, Lindsay. Come here. Okay. Oh no, I want to. I want to hear him keep booing him. How does how does he win? Not even the Republicans like him in South Carolina. I don't get it. 
Nikki Haley responded to her resounding loss. I've used resounding too many times tonight. Overwhelming. Landslide loss. Nikki Haley commented this morning on the Today Show. Yesterday's today show, I don't fucking know. Exclusively live by Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley in South Carolina this morning. Ambassador Haley, good morning to you. This is before she lost. Good morning. It's a great day in South Carolina. Well, no doubt it's a day for voters to finally get out there. Damn it. Primary is in your home state. As you know well, the polls show that you're trailing by two to one to Donald Trump and mostly across the board. In an interview earlier this week, you said that you weren't certain that Donald Trump would stay in this race if he's convicted. Aren't you baking on the fact that he will be convicted and that you'll be the last candidate standing? What I'm banking on the fact is that he can't win a general election. I mean, you look at the Marquette poll that came out this week. He's margin of error with Joe Biden. I defeat Joe Biden by 18 points. This is a fact that if we really want to see a That's insane. We have to win. And we can't win with someone who is is not able to win a general election. I mean, you look at 70% of Americans don't want Joe Biden or Donald Trump. 60% of Americans think Joe Biden's too old and Donald Trump's too old to be president. Well, that- I'm showing that the American people need a voice. They need to be able to say that they want an option different than what they're being given, and we're trying to give them that. So let me try to pin you down on that, though, if I can. You can't win a general election if you don't win the primary here. So have you had any conversations with party leaders assuring you that they would support you if Donald Trump is convicted? No, I I haven't had any conversations about that. This isn't about conviction. It's about chaos. There is chaos all around him. I mean, Republicans lost with him in 2018. They lost with him in 2020. They lost with him in 2022. But you look a couple of weeks ago, Republicans lost the the vote on the border. They lost the vote on Israel. The RNC chair lost her, her position. And he had his fingerprints on all of that. Everything he touches is chaos that leads to a loss. And how many more times do Republicans have to lose before they realize that maybe he's the one that's the problem? He's right. Speaking of chaos, let's turn to what's going on. I don't understand. I don't understand how she beats Biden by what 18 points is what they said. <laughs> what? How? How? Who are they polling? Give her a titty slap. A titty slap. <laughs> Who are these people that would vote for Nikki Haley? That aren't any that aren't in the Republican Party. She ain't getting she ain't getting votes in the primary. She's getting trounced. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of swing voters or liberals. That will vote Republican if, if Nikki Haley would be the nominee. That's absurd. We all know the heart and soul of the Republican Party is the CPAC crowd. Let's see what the CPAC poll says uh, the crazies in the Republican Party who they want as Trump's running mate. Former 
Wow. Former Hawaii Democrat Representative Tulsi Gabbard came in third with 9%. Vivek, number one. Tied with Christy Nome. Both getting 15%. I skipped over the the winners. The winner of the poll was Vivek, Christy Nome, Tulsi Gabbard, Tim Scott, and then Elise Stefanik. My pick of Marjorie Taylor Greene, not even, not even on the list. Representative Byron Donalds, Carrie Lake, Ron DeSantis, Huckabee Sanders, and Ben Carson are you are your top ten. CPAC didn't pick Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, clinically, that's a good point. But is Trump thinking about Trump is seeing the money MGT can raise? And thinking he can raise, she could raise that for him. This is not a, this is not about helping the Republicans overall. Remember, but you are right about that. She might be too valuable to the Republican caucus. However, it really seems like she's been auditioning to be SVP. So Vivek. Vivek wins the poll at CPAC. What do you guys think about that? Wow. Could you see that? Could you see the Senate Majority Leader Marjorie Taylor Greene? God damn. Apparently Trump really put on a show for the crazies at CPAC. This is a good highlight reel of some of his impressions as the crowd laughs. This one stare, but for Biden, you need many. But when I imitate him with the stares, because he never can find his way. If you ever see Secret Service runs up and grabs him and, you know, helps him off the stage. This is what we have negotiating nuclear weapons. So he finishes his speech. And he, do you ever notice? He always finishes it. The speeches last about... Would you say average two, three minutes, right? Very quick. They're very quick and not good. Not good. But the press gives them good marks. I remember when he made such a bad State of the Union speech. Everything was stumbling, mumbling. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. And I said, I'm going to watch CNN, MSDNC to find out what they say, because that was one of the worst speeches. They said, not since FDR has there been a speech so magnificently delivered. I'm telling you. I've never, ever forgotten it. Not since FDR. I said, it's impossible. They're just, they're fake. They're, they're terrible. But you know what? When he goes, and he always points. He goes like this. Thank you. Where am I? Thank you. And then he goes. <laughs> and he points. You ever notice? And it's always he ends up going in the opposite direction, ultimately. But he goes. And then, sometimes he trips over 
But if there's a wall behind him, he ends up walking into the wall. And then one of these incredible guys from Secret Service, all these beautiful guys, they run up stage. Look at these guys, like central casting. Right? They'll run up stage, they'll grab them, and they're not meant to smile. You know, they're very hard line. When I tell stories, they're like this. I guess they're trained that way. They never smile. You say, good morning. Morning, sir. They actually turn away. It, it's good. This way you don't have to say good morning all the time, okay? It's, no, they train them this way. But so one of these guys will run up and grab him and take him off the stage. This is what we have as our president. But the worst thing is when I do that, the fake news, I call up my wife, our great first lady. She was a great friend. People love her. This is where he calls her Mercedes. Yeah, people love her. Oh, look at that. Wow. Mercedes, that's pretty good. It is. Yeah, she's good. He called his wife by the wrong name. The wife, apparently, who's getting ready to hit the campaign trail. Yeah, that was great. I I had only seen the headline. I didn't know this was the video. But the worst thing is when I do that, the fake news. I call up my wife, our great first lady. She was a great friend. People love her. Come on, man. Oh, look at that. Wow. Mercedes, that's pretty good. Mercedes Trump. And she loves our country and she loves the people. It's true. When I give these big rallies, we give rallies, they say, we love our first lady. They have signs. We love her. They always show a high heel, you know. We love our first lady. But I call up our first lady, I say... So, oh, baby, how good was that? <laughs> she goes, you were okay. Oh, <laughs> he's a very tough critic. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure. I'm sure every time you ask her, hey, baby, how, how good was that? And she's like, you were okay. That's hilarious. You live in sexual anarchy? Our country and she loves the people. It's true. When I give these big rallies, we give rallies. They say we love our first lady. They have signs we love her. They always show a high heel, you know. We love our first lady. But I call up our first lady. I say, "So, oh, baby, how good was that?" She goes, "You were okay." She's a very tough critic. I'll go into a group. I'll speak in front of 55, 56, 68,000 people sometimes. I call her up. I'll say. How good was I tonight? Was that unbelievable? She goes, well, your hair didn't look good. Oh, that's not good. But it's very hard to get like, you know, once in a while she goes, you were really good tonight, but that's like a major. But, but I said, in this case, I said, how good was that tonight? She said, you were really good tonight, but what happened? You couldn't find your way off the stage. Because the fake news said Donald Trump couldn't find his way off the stage. I said, wow. Or when I interject a name, like I go, our president, Barack Hussein Obama, Rush Limbaugh, remember? He would always write, Seb. I do, I do remember Rush Limbaugh. Libertad, are you saying he gives her five inches of fist? Is that what you're saying? 
as a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. Rush wasn't a dummy. Rush wasn't no dummy. Rush would go Barack Hussein. You couldn't hear Barack or Obama, but the name Hussein, he'd be screaming. I don't know exactly what he meant by that. I think I do. Uh, but he'd go Barack Hussein. So I'd go. Means your followers are racist. Hussein Obama, our president has done this, this. Now I meant that because there are those people that say he's running our country because Joe is not strong on aptitude. So there are those. We don't know that that's true. But they go out and they say, Donald Trump, headline. Donald Trump doesn't know who the president of our country. He thinks Obama's the president, Lou. Hey? Look at the great Lou Dobbs. He thinks Obama. Lou Dobbs is, is there. The president. So when I'm sarcastic, because I'm sort of a sarcastic guy, I find humor and sarcasm, but it's very dangerous to me. Yeah. Because they take it very seriously, but it's a very serious subject. Sir, I don't think you understand humor. Finish the first story. What happened? Hey, by the way, isn't this better than reading off a frickin' teleprompter? Right? Right? Anybody can do that except, except for Biden. That was kind of fun. I will, I will give him that. That's the most fun I've had watching a Trump clip in quite some time. He's lost a lot of his magic, but that one was fun. Someone who's not having fun right now is one Miss Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Georgia, under intense scrutiny. Trump lawyers say Fannie Willis should testify again after new evidence has been presented. Donald Trump's lawyers have argued in a new filing on Sunday that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis should testify again in light of new evidence in her disqualification hearing. What is this evidence? Cell phone evidence as McAfee weighs whether or not to disqualify Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. Apparently an affidavit from a private investigator who analyzed Wade's cell phone location. Wade is the prosecutor that she brought on to work on the case, the assistant DA. She was apparently having an affair with Willis and Nathan Wade, prosecutor she hired in 2021. To lead the racketeering case against the foreign president have been under fire for a personal relationship that ended in the summer of 2023. Trump and 18 co-defendants have been accused of conspiring to overturn Joe Biden's 2020 election win in Georgia. The foreign president has pled not guilty to all charges and claimed that the case was politically motivated as he is the GOP frontrunner in the 2024 presidential election. Last week, Judge Scott McAfee, who was presiding over the case, held a series of hearings to determine if Willis and her office will be disqualified due to the personal relationship between the district attorney and Wade. Trump and some of his co-defendants not only argued for the removal of Willis's office, but for the entire case to be dropped, because of course they did, due to what they perceive as a conflict of interest. However, Willis and Wade have claimed that their relationship started in the spring of 2022 after Willis hired him and that neither have financially benefited from it. I don't see how their relationship has anything to do with the case against Trump. 
Now, should they be disqualified, the judge can throw out the charges, but that's not very likely. More than likely, they would reassign a DA uh, from somewhere else in the state. Uh, That DA could drop the charges or continue to pursue them. The problem with appointing a DA from somewhere else in the state uh, is that really only the Atlanta office has the resources to prosecute a case that fucking massive against like the president of the United States. So appointing a different office might be an issue. Now let's get the sauciest moments from the Fannie Willis time on the stand. You live in sexual anarchy. It was apparently uh, must-watch viewing. We're going to get the 10 best clips, apparently starting with her arrival in the courtroom. Suddenly, he's changing it. She files her financial declarations, same problems. We need her in here to go over all of this and to explain exactly what happened. So we would ask the court uh, that the the court allow Ms. Willis to be called and interrogated uh, on the event. And I would too, Your Honor. Just a moment, Ms. Willis. so, He's raring to go. I don't know if you want to speak with Miss Willis now. It's sounding like maybe they're withdrawing I believe the objection to the motion. I believe the motion to. Um, or, or does Miss Willis want to take the lead here? We'll I draft the motion to quash Miss Willis. Based on the motion. Okay. So the um, position of the district attorney at this point is that she's no longer uh, contesting the subpoena. Miss Mershon has called her as the next witness. Her buying her man booze and food is nothing out of the ordinary. I believe that's that's what uh, women do for the scrubs they pick up. Um, all right, so that was it, just the argument, no testimony. All right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. Great. Um, so let's talk about, first, let's just talk about what you did in preparation for today. Um, did you meet with Mr. Wade at all? Once the, mo- once the motion was filed, did you meet with Mr. Wade and talk to him about the motion that I filed to disqualify you? On January, this first January motion? But, yes. I don't know if you could say talked about. Um, I probably had some choice words about some of the things that you said that were dishonest within this motion. I love her. It was a conversation. As you know, Mr. Wade is a Southern gentleman. Me, not so much. Okay, but my question was, did you have a conversation with him? I didn't have a substantive conversation. You did not? I read this motion, skimmed it, more so, and um, I've probably said some choice things to him about some of the lies they were told. Okay. And been printed in the media because, you know, we used to be in a day and time where you had 60 minutes and people did stories and they verified information um, and you had this great reporting. But it seems today that a lawyer writes a lie and then it's printed for all of the world to see. Well, I just want to make sure that you answer the question I asked, though. So my question was... Well, this is absolutely character assassination. Her relationship with this prosecutor has fuck all to do with Donald Trump and his criminal activity. So go fuck yourself. This is a distraction. 
And this is a, a tactic to try every every dirty tactic they can pull. Now, fucking, I'm not, you probably shouldn't be having an affair with a dude that works under you. That's, that's not a thing that should happen. But, like, the two things are separate. It looks bad on your part, Miss Willis. But also, like, I'm behind you. It's nobody's fucking business. Coworkers have affairs all the fucking time. It has has nothing to do uh, with how you do your job. Rule, Mr. Abadi. Um, I told you what happened. I read the motion. I am sure I told him what my opinion of it is. And past that, we had no substantive conversation. You did not. Is there um, something you didn't understand? It shows bad judgment on her part. Indeed, I like that. I like this response back here. Is there um, something you didn't understand? No, I just wanted to make sure that, that... Okay. Is there something you didn't understand? Really like it. This is my first time seeing her speak. On, uh, when the state... Well, it's highly offensive when someone lies on you, and it's highly offensive when they the try judge. to implicate that you slept with somebody the first day you met with them, and I take exception to it. All right, well, Miss Willis, she'll... There is nothing wrong with sleeping with somebody the first day that you met, met them. Done it many times in my life. Flights that you may have taken on Mr. Wade. Well, no, 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 look. Uh, I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So my question was... He's right. I object to getting any personal records of mine. We're not dealing with privilege through a witness. And I'm not, no, 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 I'm not dealing with privilege. What um, we had offered to put them in camera for the court to review, and I just want to know if she has any That's problem. That's not something to do with, with a witness. That's what this make me a sandwich. I, I think we're getting to that here. Cash money is the name of this one. When you meet my father. He was going to tell you as a woman, you should always have, which I don't have, so let's don't tell him that. You should have at least six months in cash at your house at all times. Now, I don't know why this old black man feels like that, but he does. When we were- I, bet I, can, I bet I can understand why he feels like that. Make me a sandwich. That's what I said. I'll let you. Next question, Mr. Stato. Want to say one more? The romantic relationship ended before the indictment was returned. Yes or no? To a man, yes. To a man, yes. To you, no? She's explained this, Mr. Sedan. She's explained this. (laughs) And did the the forthcoming indictment have anything to do with that? Or was it just a coincidence? Mr. Let's go on and have the conversation. I'm just asking you whether or not it was a coincidence. Had absolutely nothing to do with this. It's interesting that we're here about this money. Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. We would have brutal arguments about the fact that I am your equal. I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. And so there was tension always in our relationship, which is why I was give him his money back. I don't need anybody to foot my bills. The only man who's ever foot my bills completely is my daddy. Is there anything else you would like to add to that? Whoa! 
Oh, oh, we ain't done yet. We ain't done with you. We got, we got more. I think it's reflected on a debit card. I, what my recollection is, I took about four in cash with me to that. Four hundred or four thousand. Four thousand. But I remember I handed him twenty five hundred, and then the rest was just the money we spent. I probably gave three or four hundred dollars to uh, this guy who was a taxi driver. He would drive us every day around the two or three days we went. Took him to eat like it was my it was my trip money. And you had to be clear to end this up the four thousand that you've just told us. But I didn't give it all to him. Remember, I only gave the twenty five hundred to him. I, I didn't ask you that. I was going to ask you that four thousand is part of your my words cash hoard. So, Gazadia, I'm kind of confused on the timeline. They just said. She testified that he thought they had broken up before the indictment came down. I'm a little fuzzy on that. Uh, she appointed him to the case after the indictment. They were they had already broke up. I, that is my understanding. And apparently, it was something a lot more casual. Maybe he wanted. He wanted something a lot more with her and that he wanted her to behave a certain way. And she's like, nah, we are equals. I, a lot of men seem to be intimidated by women that can, you know, speak for themselves and speak their mind and have powerful positions. I'm not, I'm very turned on by it. Or that you had collected over time. Cash what? Hoard, H-O-R-D-E. Oh, I thought you said something different, sir. <laughs> no, I'm afraid I wouldn't say that. Uh -huh. Any circumstances to you or in court. All right, back on track. The hoard, cash hoard. Cash hoard. I not classify it at, in that way, but I have money at my house. Yes, sir. Okay. And the money, when you had money at your house. My, when I, and look, I'm speaking too loosely. I had money wherever I was staying. So I was not referring to my house in 750. I'm saying I had money wherever I was laying my head. Yes, sir. I, that was my fault that I wasn't clear. Okay, so when you were at what we said, the Yerti condo during the time period we've always discussed, that's where you would keep your cash. When I stay there, yes. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you. I think she's done a great job. The goose is loose. And you all stayed in Napa Valley and he paid for the plane tickets and the hotel? He paid for the plane tickets and the hotel. Um, and what did you pay for on that trip? I gave him much less cash that time, probably four or $500. And then I paid for uh, a bunch of stuff. I think we did two different wine tours that you do, which are pretty expensive. Um, Damn right they are. Him. He likes wine. I don't really like wine, to be honest with you. I like Grey Goose. Um, oh my God! The wine while we were there and the sippings that you do. I, I can't remember how many, like four or five different places you go. I remember we went to um, to this place that they do pairings. Um, yeah, I date Fanny Willis. I think that we did while we were there. So they would pair uh, they, they would pair uh, champagne, chocolate, and Champagne, chocolate, and caviar. Well, Nathan Wade didn't know what he had going for him over here. This woman, this woman is a goddess. It was a three, and it was like three different things. Sweden, Russia, someplace else. I'll make that up. But um, that that was the most expensive thing we did that trip, and I paid for it. I paid for that. You pay cash? 
for us doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, but I, that trip did not cost. I mean, is having cash a weird thing? I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute, but I didn't give him money outside, uh, in a contract. What happened is, no, we're gonna answer it since you said it. Ah. He worked, he worked more hours than he was paid, and the county paid him for the work that he did. So don't be cute with me and then think that you're not gonna get an answer. And I will ask you about the contract in a minute. I asked you about cash. Did you ever pay him anything? And I'm trying to qualify my questions. I'm not talking about the contract with Fulton County that, that was paid. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about outside of that, did you ever pay him anything other than cash? I've only given him cash a few times in, in the course of what we're talking about. So you've never if we would go to dinner, let, him, let her finish her answers. If we would go to dinner, I wouldn't give him cash because he paid for dinner or I paid for dinner. I've given him cash only a few times in life, probably four. Okay. Probably the most money I've ever handed him is $2,500, the least amount of money I've handed him probably between 500 and $1,000. The least? You never wrote him a check? Gave him a 20? Ma'am, I don't have checks. Okay. Um, so you have no proof of any reimbursement for any of these things because it was all cash, right? The testimony of one witness is enough to prove a fact. So my question was, do you that have I'm any proof? Is that what you're intimating right here? I'm asking if you have any proof that you paid him any I mean, of these The proof money. is what I just told you. You have no written proof. Is that correct? So I have some, um, probably some transactions like in Belize. I probably spent $500 on my in car. Belize? Uh, in Belize. I spent 800, I can't remember, 900 bucks on each of our tickets to go to Belize. I did the $700. I probably got some <clears throat> minor expenses in Aruba that would be on a card. But for the most part for those trips, other than, so, the two cruises, I gave him money for those before we ever left because um, they were pre-booked. Let me answer. Well, the, the, the question was if you had any written proof. And so... So I've answered you that I've had written we proof. We can move to the next question. If you've answered if we had any written proof, and that was my question. We are still waiting on whether the judge is going to disqualify her from the case. District attorney never missed an opportunity to call out a defense attorney. Their line of questioning, she asked a sat out. Not to yell at her, accused Merchant of lying and called out attempts to try to trip her up in one tense moment. Merchant questioned Willis about how she would split her bills with Wade and if she ever gave the prosecutor money outside of a contract. That was cute, but I didn't give him money in a contract. I don't know how the judge is going to rule. I mean... Technically, it's an ethical violation, but it has nothing to do with the case, and it has nothing like it's a. It's one of those that deserves an admonishment and moved on. But I mean, Trump is going to take any fucking opportunity to scream foul play. So I don't. I don't know how the how the judge is going to rule in this case. And clearly, clearly, Fannie Willis, a very smart, powerful woman, is exactly who you want to prosecute the case against the former president. From her testimony that we watched, maybe the, the 10 minutes in total, very much seemed like she was uh, qualified for the position.
That's exactly who you want prosecuting Trump. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't grind up any marijuanas before we started this. Grind some up so I can pack another bong, cause I ain't high enough for this shit. Talk about some primaries, shall we? Democratic primaries. Not just the presidential primary, it's 2024. Not just Biden on the ballot, bitches. That's a tongue twister. Say that one five times fast. Not just Biden on the ballot, bitches. Good night, PB girl. Go ahead. Light one up. Tip one back. Hear me cutting the cocoa. <laughs> Guys, I... Here's here's the thing, they've I don't know if I told you guys last time I saw you, they've like uh, they've shut down all our dispensaries. Oh, you're out of weed. Oh, I'm sorry. I was telling you, I'm high. They've they've shut down our dispensaries. I'm so sad. And because like my, my buddy's gonna come down for WrestleMania here in a few weeks, and I was like, I was really looking forward to taking it because like they expanded the dispensary I go to, expanded. <laughs> they took the building next to it because <laughs> they were so goddamn busy, and it was it was so nice. It was it was the nicest store that we had, and it was also the busiest. Apparently, Governor Youngkin is a dickhead, and despite the fact, because like, it's been in that quasi-legal state, right? So like, I always had to go in, and I was buying a t-shirt, or I was buying sunglasses, or a sticker, and then you get your THC with it as a gift, you know, the fucking loophole like that. 2024, it was supposed to go into effect straight up legal, you know, go give me an ounce of blah, blah, blah. Here's your money for it. Everything was supposed to take effect this year. And instead they're somehow, and I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how they're doing it because Democrats won. Democrats won in the Senate and the house in Virginia. We covered it here on this stream. But somehow the the executive branch, Governor Glenn Youngkin, is cracking down on weed stores because they've they've closed them all. They've closed them all. The medical store is still open, as far as I know. But I don't have a medical card. I have to consult with somebody uh, that lives in that state. The venture capital Republican governor is a dickhead. That's exactly who would have thunk it, Richard. It's horrible. It's like it's it's. I well, like, I assume that you know eventually this will get cleared up and my favorite fucking cannabis store will come back to me. But now I'm back to the black market. I have a dealer again. 
That's weird to me. I have a dealer again. Go ahead. Light one up. And shit, my last dealer down in Alabama, he wasn't really so much a dealer as he was like a wholesaler. It got there for a while where like I would go in with like sparkles and curiouser and shit. And we were buying like quarter pounds at a time. He was giving us awesome goddamn deals to move that ship. It wasn't the best and he told us that. And we were like, fuck, are you okay? Because like it was like... I want to say we paid like 500 a QP one time. Something like that. It was insane. Yes, we'll totally do that. All right, all right. Back to the news. Check in on the New Jersey Democratic primary. Andy Kim has handed a third straight loss to the New Jersey thir First Lady, Tammy Murphy, in the Senate primary. Kim's victory year means he wins the county line, placing him in the same ballot column as other party-endorsed candidates. I have no clue what any of that means. Representative Andy Kim won his third straight county convention on Sunday, beating his top rival, First Lady Tammy Murphy, in his bid for the Democratic nomination for the Senate. But Kim's victory came after the uh, Hunterdon County Convention was briefly thrown into disarray when the county chair, a Murphy ally, proposed changing the endorsement rules. It would have allowed candidates with 30% of the vote to share the so-called county line, the valuable primary ballot positioning that party-endorsed candidates receive. The proposal was met with cursing and screams from the convention delegates and beaten down in a hand vote. But if the rule change went through, it would have meant that Kim would have had to share the line with Murphy in the county, likely putting them on equal footing visually with primary voters. Kim's victory here means he wins the county line, placing him in the same ballot column as other party-endorsed candidates, a unique and hugely important feature of New Jersey's primary system. Each county party in the state differs in how the line is awarded. Some have conventions where local Democrats like precinct leaders vote on who they want to support, and the other large Democratic strongholds, the support of a local party boss is enough to get the valuable ballot positioning. In those parts of the state, Murphy enjoys a strong advantage over Kim. Yeah, sounds about right. Kim won the Hunterdon contest, 120 votes to Murphy, 64, or 62% to 33%. He and Murphy are the front runners in the race to replace indicted Senator Bob Menendez, who has not said whether he is seeking re-election. They may not even need these motherfuckers. Hunterdon County is New Jersey's fourth smallest county by population. Democrats have not held a single county-wide uh, elected office here since 1982. But it's the third consecutive Democratic County Convention win for Kim. And unlike the state's first two Democratic conventions in Burlington and Monmouth, both of which Kim won handily, Hunterdon was a unique qualifier. It is the first county that neither Kim nor Murphy 
have any natural political roots. In that way, Hunterdon may offer a preview of how Democratic voters who don't have a clear connection to Kim or Murphy may react to their candidacies. Kim represents most of Burlington County, where he grew up and around a third of Monmouth County. Murphy has lived in Monmouth County for well over two decades. When asked if Kim had momentum in the race, Murphy said, No, he does not. He oversees 35% of Monmouth County in Congress. That makes sense. Burlington, that's his county. She declined to address Hunterdon. Kim is the progressive candidate in that race. Who I, I believe we should be rooting for. I'm not exactly sure. Because I don't know that much about New Jersey politics. California, the Senate primary could derail two prominent Democrats and actually elevate Republican Steve Garvey. I've heard that name before. We've covered Steve Garvey for a reason in the past here on this show. California's Senate race was expected to be a three-way Democratic prize fight but the possibility of a record low turnout is elevating the chances of Republican Steve Garvey, the former baseball star, and could derail the congressional careers of two prominent, prominent progressives. In a year headlined by a likely presidential rematch that many Americans are dreading, California voters have thus far been sluggish in return mail-in ballots that were sent to 22 million homes earlier this month. The relative trickle of ballots has tended to come from older, white, conservative-leaning homeowners, a sweet spot for Republicans such as Garvey, a one-time National League MVP who played for the Dodgers and the Padres. For months, Representative Adam Schiff has had the fundraising and bowling edge in a crowded Democratic field. Garvey's ascent has imperiled the political prospects of Representatives Barbara Lee and Katie Porter. The two top finishers in the March 5th contest, regardless of party, advanced to the general election. We're at a real risk of losing, Porter's campaign warned in a fundraising email, without more financial support. Katie is out of Congress for good. Schiff was a leading voice in the two impeachments of former President Donald Trump. Lee is a former chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. Porter has drawn attention on social media with her sharp questioning of tech CEOs in Capitol Hill hearings. After the death of Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein in September, all three entered the race. Porter is leaving her swing district in Southern California as Democrats try to regain control of the House, where Republicans now hold a slim edge. Presidential elections usually drive Democratic turnout in California, but that hasn't been the case this year. President Joe Biden and Republican Donald Trump on track for a second matchup in which both are viewed unfavorably. This is a low-interest, low-turnout kind of election cycle that generally creates an electorate that is older, more conservative, and wider. While the dynamic could shift by the time primary voting ends, Mitchell said it's possible that Garvey ends up with the highest total as the Democratic candidate splinter votes on the left. I don't see a surge of Democratic turnout coming in the end. There could be a surge of Republican voters in the end. That could be driven by voters influenced by Trump's unsupported claims of election fraud who will vote in person rather than through mail. Schiff told reporters recently that he was concerned for the sake of our democracy about a low turnout. 
This campaign has sent 3 million texts and uh, made over 50,000 phone calls to potential supporters thus far. That's disappointing. Thanks, California. Hiss at producer Dave next time you see him. What are you Californians doing out there? I mean, I guess losing to a former baseball player is better than losing to fucking Mickey Mouse, right? Michigan voters say they would rather vote for Mickey Mouse than vote for Joe Biden. Our House Roundtable, former DNC Chair Donna Brazile, former Fuck RNC you. Chair and Trump White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus, Fuck you. White House Correspondent Asma Khalid, you're cool. and Political Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. Welcome to all of you. Uh, you're probably a shit lib. Uh, about Trump's comments on Friday night to a room full of black voters. A room full of black conservatives, and we all know they're, you know, about 5 to 10% of the black po- uh, population uh, is comprised of black conservatives. But Martha, I have to tell you, this is Black History Month. It's the history that we've all made as Americans, a history that we share and a future that we all want to see together. Um, no one that I've heard from or no one that I understand wants to go back to Donald Trump, go back to the past, go back to the train wreck, the division and the chaos. So it's the history that we not only share, but the history that we want to make together. And under Donald Trump, we didn't make a lot of black history. Reince Priebus, did you consider those comments racist? He wasn't on the teleprompter. I, I don't know. Uh, look, I, I remember back in 2016 when President Trump went in to say, hey, what the hell do you have to lose? And I was the one saying, oh, no, we can't say it like that. And, you know, it turned out that he did better in the black community in 2016 than a lot of previous Didn't presidents. he fire you? If you look at the polling, he's looking at recent polling about 22% uh, in the black community. Previous was his chief of staff for a little while, wasn't he? If I remember correctly, he got fired pretty quickly. I don't remember it being all that long, a few months maybe? Seven battleground states. Um, his record, whether it be the first step back, whether it be pardoning Alice Johnson, uh, whether it be unemployment, uh, was pretty good. And I think uh, black voters are very open to Donald Trump and one of the biggest movers to the Republican Party are black men under 40. And then on the other side, you've but got when, Joe when Biden. They hear comments like just- that. So he was a White House chief of staff in 2017. Previous actually referred to Trump as an idiot, according to Michael Wolff's book. Previous's service ended on July 31st, so yeah, about six months apparently. Early early 2017 to July of 2017. Recently said that you ain't black if you if you want to support uh, Donald Trump. Uh, he referred to a black reporter and asked the black reporter whether the black reporter was a junkie. I mean, the things <laughs> about Barack Obama, which were ridiculous. I mean, who, who said about Barack say, Obama? Donald Trump? No, Joe Biden. His nationality? Joe Biden said, what did he say? I don't even want to repeat what Joe well, Biden I mean, said. Ron, in this is not a conversation Look, about 
whether or not who has a record, okay? Because we know Donald Trump's record. This is about the future. And what Donald Trump said was racist tropes. And it's insulting and demeaning to basically go to black people and say, oh, don't you like the fact that I have 91 convictions? Don't you want to see this mug shot? Hell no. Look, we want freedom and justice I and equality disagree. like Wait everybody else. I don't, for the record, I don't disagree. These things that, that are said are not... No, no, no. Wasn't it the Fox News host that said uh, they'll vote for Trump because of sneakers? I got to find that clip. They're distractions. I think the part of it is he's trying to be entertaining. Oh. I don't disagree. However, what I also see are the facts. And the facts are that 22% of black voters in America... And of, of course it was this asshole. <laughs> oh, shit. It's the dude that always shows up with uh, Laura Ingram. Do, 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 do. Where's the clip? And motherfuckers. Hold on. I don't want to see Michael Steele talk about it. I want the fucking clip. If you want to know what Trump campaign staffers think about you, just watch Fox News like this weekend when they gushed over Donald Trump's new ploy for money. A limited edition series of gaudy gold $400 Trump sneakers. And like they always do on Fox, somebody said the quiet part out loud on what the big sneaker strategy is really all about. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting. As you see black support eroding from Joe Biden, this is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not, uh, that's not Laura Ingram. That's a different blonde bimbo. That is, uh, Tommy Laren, right? I thought they, I thought they canned her. America, like what he's saying, like what he stands for. And yes, I had a friend tell me about, um, how MSNBC was defending the Republican Party. And I was like, well, what do you expect? They're all former Republicans. Probably still Republicans. Like, like almost all of them. Likes him as a candidate. So that's something you're gonna, your side's going to have to deal with. I, I would just add. They fired the one progressive they had. Actually, you know. Uh, folks in the black community actually liking Donald Trump versus uh, feeling sort of uh, neglected by Joe Biden right now. I mean, we've talked about uh, this on this show. I mean, a lot of folks in the black community feeling like they voted for Joe Biden. They single-handedly helped deliver the nomination to him and that he hasn't passed enough legislation and, and support for them. Uh, so that could be what we're seeing right now. Well, Donald Trump's on the verge of getting the highest percentage of black votes 
in 50 years. But it hasn't but again, so explained but to why? me this. I, I, I want to I move on to looking at South Carolina in general. No huge surprise, no, Asma, no huge surprise. That, he, that he won. But Nikki Haley saying she's staying in the race, and I think people are saying, why? To what end, right? I mean, look, her campaign suggests that voters, and she has said that voters deserve a choice. Um, you know, my perennial question has been, at what point, though, does she start to have to win a state to show why she's on this ballot? I mean, I look, I, I see this as a bigger sort of existential question within the Republican Party. We've talked a lot about the fact... There's been motherfuckers that have won far more delegates than she has, which is like none that I know of. <laughs> And, and dropped out before uh, this time in the race. I really, man, it sucks. It sucks that I do a political show and this is two presidential election cycles in a row. They've just been shit ass. Not real fucking presidential races. No competitive primary. Technically, there was a competitive primary somewhat on the Democratic side up until COVID hit. Warlord, what am I excusing you for? that many Democratic voters are disenchanted with Joe Biden. And there's this question about his age and yeah. where, where you know, the, the electorate might be. On the Republican side, though, I do think there are voters who are very also disenchanted with Donald Trump. And a part of me wonders if Nikki Haley is sticking around long enough to make a viable calculation that she is a potential alternative should anything happen to Donald Trump. And, and Rich, I want to go back to you on that. Is she the person that people would turn to if something did happen? I mean, Donald Trump. So long. All right. Mary, fuck, fuck, kill the ABC This Week panel. Mary, fuck, fuck, kill. We've got four. we got four options. I know who I'm picking. I'll let you swap Martha McCollin out for somebody. But then I feel like if I let you do that, everybody's going to swap Martha McCollin out for Rance Priebus. Dulcie Gabber got more delegates than Kamala Harris. Oh my God. I'm sure that would make people's blood boil. Some people. Some shit libs. I don't know these people. I'm not around these people. Most of, most of my, uh, fair enough, DJ Dub. Martha McCollin makes it kind of hard to kill somebody if you swap her out with Rance Priebus. And, like, here's the thing is, like, I like Martha. I don't think, I, I don't think I'd marry her. I'd probably fuck her. God, I'm warped. What the fuck am I even doing here? The longer she stays in, the more she's going to anger Republican voters who want to unify. So there is that problem. Obviously, she is ha she has this sort of race against the clock, right? If she can stay in long enough for something, um, for Trump to get a conviction or something like that, um, you know, people could potentially turn to her. But but that's probably not going to happen because that's months and months away. Um, but, you know. Delegates are the points that are awarded in the primary by, like, the Democratic Party for winning uh, conventions. Some, some, 
Okay, so you got like a primary vote or something. Some states are winner take all, and you'll get all the delegates that that state has. Some states are uh, uh, fucking split delegates, or I forget that it's got a name for it. Oh, I said Martha McCullen. Oh, thank you, Richard. You're right, Martha Raddatz. I insulted Martha Raddatz by calling her. Martha McCollum is that fucking vapid bitch over on Fox News, right? Martha Raddatz is a distinguished journalist with fucking, what, 30 plus years in the in the field of journalism. I, a good chunk of that, I think she's been at ABC. Thank you. Thank you for the correction because I I did not need to insult her like that. You know, just to underscore what uh, Asma was saying, um, Donald Trump clearly has a problem with the base. He talked last night about how we are Republicans are very united. Um, but what, one in five voters told the AP that they would not vote for Donald Trump even if he got the nomination. These are Republicans. I might have to reconsider my thoughts here because she's got some pretty eyes. She got some pretty eyes. Voters in South Carolina. How is he going to unite the party? And this is going to be a big problem for him in the general election. So where do those voters go, Ryan? Well, I think they're going to go. There is a big chunk who don't want Donald Trump. So where do they go? Um, I think a lot of those folks are going to come back to Donald Trump, number one. You see it in polling. Every four years, this happens. There's big primaries in Indiana. Look like 2016. Oh, no one's going to go for Trump. And it all came back. For Donald Trump, he did lose um, in 2020, though. He he did, true. Um, but um, I think in reality, this is South Carolina, this is Nikki Haley's home state. There's going to be some real affinity for Nikki Haley there. So if one in five voters who are Republicans that What's he smoking? Haley aren't happy about her losing by 20 points and saying, listen, I'm not going to support Donald Trump. That's not unusual. But the bigger threat, though, for Joe Biden is little watched uh, thing happened this week in Wisconsin was that the Green Party is now going to have a line in Wisconsin. And Jill Stein in 2016 got over 30,000 votes in Wisconsin and Donald Trump won by 22,000 votes in Wisconsin. So and if you're looking at real the dynamic, I hate that argument. Because there's there's no guarantee that those 30,000 would have voted Democrat had they not had the option to vote for Jill Stein. They may have sat out the election. They may have wrote in Mickey Mouse as we're getting ready to talk about. That's what this whole piece was about. That's what I wanted to make fun of. But to, to say that those votes would have automatically gone to the Democratic candidate is just absurd. Some of those votes could have theoretically gone to Donald Trump had Jill Stein not been in the race. I know that's hard to comprehend who that voter is, but there are legitimately Bernie Sanders voters who went for Trump. It makes no fucking sense based on policy, but I don't think there's some people that don't make their decision based anything on policy. They make it all on personality. Dynamics that are going to be on the ballot, that Green Party line is something for everyone to watch. And, and Donna, what does this do when you look forward, Joe Biden? 
A lot of people don't want Joe Biden, who, who are Democrats. We've been hearing that for the last couple of months, and you know what? Come on, people man. People are still going out to vote, and Joe Biden is doing quite well in raising money. And I'm sure what you'll see over the next couple of weeks is more momentum, and the Democratic coalition comes back together and begin to reach out to independents. Look, we want to go back to Nikki Haley. I don't know her path forward. I mean, she picked up three delegates last night. This is a race. Oh, she does have delegates. 1,215 is what you need on the Republican side. And she's going to have a hard time getting more delegates when the rules begin to change. Seriously, DJ, do you have an opinion on what makes somebody do that? Other than being somewhat just anti-establishment? Yeah, they respond to the populist message. They see Hillary Clinton as just more of the same and they want just an outsider. Bernie was kind old man, but when you don't have kind old man option, you'll take mean old man that puts a shitty lady in her place. That says it's winner take all by CD or statewide. Donald Trump went in, not maybe not Donald Trump personally, but his team went in to several of these states, including Michi- Michigan, and they're stirring the pots. So I don't know how far she will go, but if you have money, keep traveling. And, and one of the things we have seen President Biden do is up his attacks on Donald Trump. Do you mm-hmm. see that working at all? <laughs> Do I see that working? I, I don't know. I mean, look, they, they have certainly tried to up their attacks. We saw that just this week, even with the Alabama court decision on IVF, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, I don't see that particularly effective yet. Uh, what we do see with Donald Trump yesterday in his CPAC comments is him try to pivot towards a general election mode also and make this just a contest with Joe Biden. I do think, though, that Nikki Haley's um, endurance in this race, to me, is not just about Donald Trump. It does strike me that it speaks to the fact that there is a subset of the American electorate that is dissatisfied with Joe Biden and Donald Trump being their only two options. And yes, she's running in a Republican electorate, but it speaks to that dissatisfaction. And, and Rachel, let's let's move on to Michigan. You've got Michigan this week, and progressives have been upset about Joe Biden's support of Israel, which we think there might be some sort of uh, ceasefire and hostage release brewing. They That state has the largest percentage of Arab American voters. Yeah. How concerned should the campaign be about this? Way more concerned than they currently Currently are. Um, I actually talked to the leader of the abandoned Biden movement uh, on the ground there. He's a Palestinian American, knows folks who um, have had family members who have died um, during the bombardments in Gaza. Um, and he was a Biden voter. Just a few months ago, he had a sign, a Biden-Harris sign in his yard. Now he says he would sooner vote for, what did he say? Sooner vote for Mickey Mouse than mm. Joe Biden, even if it means voting for Donald Trump. So I think that if you look at the numbers, one more thing, Martha, uh, Joe Biden won by 150,000 votes in Michigan. There are 200,000 Muslim or Arab American voters in Michigan. If he alienates all of them, Michigan is gone for him. And, and small numbers, really, overall, we just have a few seconds here, but really could have a profound impact. A critical impact. And to that point, I spoke with a number of people who sat in meetings, either with Biden campaign officials or with Biden officials, policymakers, who are so dissatisfied, who came out of those meetings, still not convinced that they will vote for Joe Biden. Something we'll all watch this week. Michigan coming up. Thanks to all of you. Shut up, George. Joe Biden hemorrhaging support because of the continued funding of the Israeli genocide.
An individual wearing fatigues. I earlier said it was in front of the White House. It was in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. Once again, content warning. In an act of protest, what is called a self-immolation. Individual wearing fatigues introduces himself as an active duty member of the U.S. Air Force and will no longer be complicit in genocide. After ignition, he repeatedly yells, Free Palestine. For a full minute, police see him say, May I help you, sir? As he's on fire and scream at him to get on the ground, but do not otherwise engage. One cop appears with a gun drawn on the man after he collapses, still consumed by flames. One cop, white shirt, maybe security, begins spraying him with a fire extinguisher. The cop with a gun drawn remains stationary. White shirt yells, I don't need guns, I need fire extinguishers. More cops arrive, as do EMTs. Three fire extinguishers are used. It's unclear if the man is still alive. The white shirt who responded first came across the device used to film the incident made the video stop. There is footage. It is. It does exist on the internet. I am going to stop short of playing it. I'm about to engage in extreme act of protest, he says calmly. But compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. He walks to the driveway of the Israeli embassy, places his phone down to film, goes up the driveway, dumps liquid from a metal water bottle over his head. Tosses the bottle, places his uniform hat on his head. He pulls out a lighter from his pocket and struggles to light it. It's at this point, off screen, security police are heard saying, Can I help you? The person who self-immolated apparently emailed reporters this morning stating, Today I'm planning to engage in an extreme act of protest against the genocide of the Palestinian people stated that it would be live streamed on Twitch. Uh, by the way, I'm reading from Talia Jane. She's a uh, she's an independent reporter. Does a fantastic job covering uh, protests. Her field of expertise, per and also like uh, extremist movements, proud boy protests and shit. Per DC Fire and EMS, he's hospitalized with life-threatening injuries and responding cops were actually Secret Service. There you see the DC Fire saying at around 1 p.m. DC Fire responded to a call for... She's also not bad to look at. 
I might, I might have a crush on many, uh, many, uh, badass leftists out there. Uh, DC fired EMS responded to a call for a person on fire outside the Israeli embassy. Arrived to find fire extinguished by members of the Secret Service. One adult male transported critical life-threatening injuries to an area hospital. A LinkedIn belonging to a person with the same name shows three years in USAF and attending university for an undergrad in software engineering. As info has not been verified, I'm not linking or sharing the name. But still above from a live broadcast on Twitch channel, being no other videos, no subscribers, seems to have been created for this video only. The video begins with him introducing himself and picking up the device he's filming on. Which I believe is likely a phone due to video film vertically. He's alone and walks past the embassy of Ghana, filming himself speaking before stopping at the driveway later reported to be the Israeli embassy. He sets the device on the ground on the end of the driveway and walks up toward the gate. The device stays upright, suggesting some kind of mini tripod or a stabilizer affixed to it. The video ends with a responding white shirt picking up the device, asking, What is this? Who is this? Which nuked the channel. That's what we have. I did verify this. this has been reported by numerous outlets, but I knew the information was solid because I followed Talia for years. I guess good on you, sir. I don't know. Like, I admire your fucking courage. Holy shit. Because I could totally never do that. But I don't know that your death accomplishes anything. And for this to be such a an extre extreme protest as you as an extreme form of protest it's gonna go under the radar most people in the United States aren't even gonna know this fucking happened so I don't know I don't in a, in a strictly looking at it from a utilitarian sense of how much this accomplishes. I don't know that your your passion and efforts wouldn't have been better served. Nathan, good evening, my friend. But boy, do I admire... It just happened a couple hours ago. That was why, that's why I was reading from a Twitter because I didn't know. I didn't even have a local news hit I could, I could give you guys. The D.C. police reported at 1 o'clock that it had happened. So possibly around noon or a little after. But I mean, that kind of passion and dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, this isn't even the first immolation we've covered on this show. And honestly, I didn't even remember it until... 
we had another one pop up. Yep, Richard, the Americans are largely apathetic. The government certainly doesn't give a fuck. We could have used you on the front lines of a lot of different efforts because with that passion and dedication, I feel you, brother. I, his, his contribution to the cause for 20 years to come outweighs, you know, him dying today in that kind of fashion for that little fanfare. It's a weird way to put it. It's a morbid way of looking at it. I, I'm I don't do this very often, but goddamn, I salute you, sir. Even if I'm not, even if I don't agree with the overall success of your efforts. God damn. Because like the person that should be set on fire. Can I say that? Can I say that? The person who should be set on fire in all this. Actually went on CBS this morning and gave a whole interview and fuck this motherfucker. Fuck, fuck you. And the war between Israel and Hamas joining us from not a fucking war. You can't, you can't have a, a war when one side doesn't have a fucking army. This is a genocide of a people. Tel Aviv is Israeli prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Welcome back to face the nation, sir. Thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, the U.S. is working on a hostage deal that President Biden has said would bring with it at least six weeks of calm. The intelligence chiefs met on Friday. Are we close to a deal? Well, I'm not sure of the exact duration, but I can tell you that we're all working on it. Uh, we want it. I want it because we want to liberate uh, the remaining hostages. We've already brought half of them back. And uh, I appreciate the effort, the combined effort of Israel, the United States. Uh, to bring back the remaining hostages. I can't tell you if we'll have it, but uh, if Hamas goes down from its delusional claims and goes down, can bring them down to earth, then we'll have the progress that we all want. What specifically uh, is holding up the deal at this point? It reportedly this would have 30 to 40 hostages, women, elderly, wounded, released in exchange for a few hundred Palestinian prisoners being released. Hamas started out. Now, remember, I, this motherfucker is smart. Benjamin Netanyahu is not a dumb motherfucker. He's coming onto an American show and, and trying to act magnanimous towards the Palestinian people. Oh, we're negotiating a ceasefire. Uh, this, is, this is a PR stunt. Exactly. I, I don't trust him to actually follow through on what he's saying. That would just crazy demands and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's uh, it's too soon to say if they're uh, if they've abandoned them but if they they do abandon them and get into what you call the uh, the ballpark they're not even in in the city uh, they're in another planet but if they come down to uh, a reasonable uh, uh, situation then yes we'll have a hostages i hope so there are uh, at least six u.s citizens among those being held by hamas for you is the return of living hostages necessary and essential 
for you to declare victory in this war? I've set three war goals. The first is to uh, release the hostages. The second is to uh, destroy Hamas. And the third is to en ensure that uh, Gaza does not pose a threat to Israel uh, in the future. Uh, and obviously, the Gaza? Intertwined, they they're achieved basically by our very effective and often heroic uh, military operation. To be fair, DJ Dub, he wouldn't come on if she didn't. I will I will throw that out there. I was I was taking her to task for use of the word war, but he wouldn't fucking come on if she if she didn't say that. I I would have rather her said conflict. But rightfully she should be like, hey, BB, why you why you genociding people? I could make an argument for a journalistic There's journalistic value to interviewing him. I'm not saying that I'm like that's why I don't work in the news business anymore. But I can see trying to take a, a neutral stance with somebody trying to interview them. Not that I'm condoning it. I'm calling him a fucking war criminal and a genocidal maniac and a motherfucking piece of shit. Uh, and also by tough negotiations. Uh, we're combining the two and I hope uh, it, it uh, yields the result. But understand that Unless exactly, exactly, Richard. That's why she's on Face the Nation, and I'm on YouTube. I don't even get to be on Twitch. I got to be on Kick. We can't leave Hamas in place. We can't leave a quarter of Hamas uh, battalions in uh, Rafah and say, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's fine. On the issue of the hostages, as you know, time is of the essence here. So if this deal happens and there are six weeks of calm that go with it, does that provide an opening to end this war, or will you still go into southern Gaza, into Rafah, regardless? Yeah, well, victory is within reach, and you can't have victory until you uh, eliminate Hamas. Hamas How is a terrorist organization reach? that... Uh, uh, once we begin the Rafah operation, the intense phase of the fighting is weeks away from completion. Not months, weeks away from completion. Uh, and that is, uh, we've already destroyed 18 out of the 24 Hamas uh, uh, terrorist battalions. So we, we have a, and four of them are concentrated in Rafah. We can't leave the last Hamas stronghold uh, un uh, uh, without taking care of it. Obviously, we have to do it. But understand, too, that I've asked the army to submit to me a double plan. First, to evacuate, to enable the evacuation. A double plan? Palestinian civilians in Gaza. And uh, obviously, second, to destroy the remaining Hamas battalions, that gets us a real, real distance uh, to, towards the completion of our, our victory. And that, uh, we're not gonna give it up. If we have a deal, it'll be delayed somewhat, uh, but it'll happen. If we don't have a deal, we'll do it anyway. Uh, it has to be done because total victory is our goal and total victory is within reach, not months away, weeks away, once we begin the operation. Well, the White House says they need the eradication of the Palestinian people plan to protect civilians and the 1.4 million people who are sheltering in southern Gaza. This morning, the White House says they still have not seen such a plan and no major military operation should proceed without it. Have you approved the plans that you said you've asked for? Actually, uh, uh, Margaret, I'm going from here to uh, a meeting with the general staff where they're going to show me this dual plan. Okay. A plan to evacuate uh, and a plan to uh, uh, dismantle those remaining battalions. 
So yes, we. Uh, by the way, we agree on this. I mean, we don't have to be prodded. It's uh, we're on the same page with the U.S. on this because uh, that's how we do it. The reason you have that population in Rafa is because we actually cleared them away from the other places, the zones, the combat zones that we had. That's why they're there. So now there's room for them to go north of Rafa to the places that we've already uh, finished fighting in. To, we, to where? To where? You destroyed all of the housing. You destroyed all of the infrastructure. To where are they going to go, BB? That's the plan, yes. to move 1.4 million people into Rubble. Gaza. Can you guarantee that the IDF will not I didn't not say push, northern Gaza. I said... Will not... Sorry, I said go north ahead. of Rafah. Okay. I said north of Rafah. In the northern part of the Gaza Strip, we still have fighting going on. Right. But we, we are... That, that is important. It's, it's important to understand. Moving civilians out of a, in a, a, an area that is going to be a combat zone is not yes, a bad Yes, this is a classic Pinzer move. Is going to do. Un understood, but the IDF, can you guarantee that they won't push Palestinians out of Gaza and into Egypt? As you know, Egyptian officials have said, if you do that, you are putting at risk 46 years of peace. Look, uh, I think that uh, the Egyptians know very well that that's not our purpose, and that won't be the result, and we're coordinating. We're talking to the Egyptians. Uh, all the time, so that's not, I don't think that's an issue. The peace between Israel and Egypt has served the interest of both countries and will continue to serve the interest of both countries. I don't think it's in, the, in any danger. You said that victory is within reach, but U.S. Intel says the IDF has only destroyed 30% of Hamas leadership and that the amount of, of tunnels that Hamas uses uh, have really only been tiny in terms of what has been destroyed by the IDF. There is growing distrust well, of you personally, sir, you know this, in the U.S. Congress and within the Biden White House. When your closest ally is telling you things like this and telling you that you need to reconsider a strategy, isn't it worth considering? Of course, recruitment for Hamas would be up. Like, you come in and you kill all these children's parents. What are they going to do? They're pissed off. They've got no no work. They've got no way to get educated. All they're going to do is get radicalized. Of course, it's going to create more terrorists. Of course. I'm actually amazed. She's starting to get a little uh, rough with her questioning here. I like this. Let's see where this goes. Well, Trust of you personally, sir, you know this, in the U.S. Congress and within the Biden White House. When your closest ally is telling you things like this and telling you that you need to reconsider a strategy, isn't it worth considering? Look, I, I think that the U.S. Is, uh, agrees with us on the goal of destroying Hamas. Yes. And on the goal of uh, releasing the hostages. The decisions of how to do that are left with us and with me and the elected cabinet of Israel. Uh, and we're doing that. A lot of things that, the, that we were told by uh, the best of friends initially turned out not to be true. They said you can't enter the, the ground war without having uh, enormous complications. They said you cannot fight, uh, you can't enter Gaza City. Uh, you can't go into the tunnels. It'll be a, a terrible bloodbath. All of that turned out to be not true. Our soldiers are in the tunnel net. What? All of that was absolutely true. It has been a bloodbath. You have leveled Gaza. You fucking lying sack of shit. Look, we don't have to take apart hundreds of kilometers of tunnels. We are taking apart 
the missile production factories that are underground, the command and control headquarters, the computers that are there, the money that is destroying there, hospitals, there, the ammo's that is killing there, journalists, methodically. So we're we're uh, doing the war, imprisoning teachers, substitute for the uh, Israeli military command, and we're doing it very responsibly. Uh, the, the John Spencer, who's the head of urban warfare yeah. at West Point, says that no other army has gone to the lengths that Israel's army has gone to clear civilians out of harm's way, even though Hamas. Is sure. doing everything to keep them in harm's way. Oh, sure, we but the former head of Central American Command defense. was on this program just a few weeks ago. Bullshit. Basically, you have not articulated any specific end game here. So, but putting that aside, I want to come back to a few different things now, wait, you wait said. Wait a minute, Margaret, Margaret, hold on. You, you lob these, uh, uh, these grenades at me and you keep on moving. Well, first of all, you say uh, there's no uh, confidence in me. Well, the Israeli public has confidence in me. Last week. There were massive uh, the protests throughout Israel yesterday. Of course we have protests. We, we have protests. Israel is a democracy. We've had protests for 30 years. But the Israeli people are united as never before. Last week, they voted 99 to 9 in the Knesset for my proposal that mm -hmm. says that the way that we have to do two things. We have to win the war, have total victory, but also not have an international dictate of a Palestinian state on it shoved down our throats that would endanger uh, Israel. The people are overwhelmingly united on this. When is the last time we had 99 votes in the Knesset? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, 30 years ago. So yeah. the, the people are united. The policy is right. The people support it. Uh, and I intend to uh, take it. That's true. The Israeli people do indeed support the continued genocide of the Palestinian people, which is pretty fucked up. The completion, because that's what we have. We can't compromise with total victory, because I'll tell you, we can't win the peace if we don't win the war, and we yeah. will win this war. One of the members of the Knesset, the former Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid, said he asked the Americans about what you just said about a unilateral declaration of recognition of Palestinian state, and he said you invented a threat that doesn't exist. There was not one official in the world that suggested unilateral recognition of the Palestinians. So, putting I don't know why the Foreign Secretary of, uh, of Britain uh, just uh, spoke about it. Uh, there have been uh, many. Uh, well, this uh, is the U.S. I hope that's true. Okay. We've heard we've heard a lot of briefings coming from uh, uh, from the U.S. Uh, to that effect. So uh, I hope it's true. Yeah. And if it's true, then I don't recognize Israel. How about that shit? Uh, the decision made by the government uh, by the uh, people of Israel through their elected representative. Uh, and by the way, if people try to foist it on us, it would be a terrible mistake because it would yep. be seen as a reward for terror after the most atrocious attack. Yeah. Uh, committed against the Jewish people since the Holocaust. So, so uh, people of Israel are not going to buy it. And and if you want peace, you shouldn't go that route. As I understand it, the war against the Palestinians, the, the war against the Palestinians, quote unquote, is very popular with the Israeli people. And that they actually support Benjin, Benjamin Netanyahu tentatively until the end of the war. And then they want him ousted. Fucking, fucking wild. Peace will be achieved through direct negotiations between the parties down the line. I don't think the Palestinians are ready for it, but when they are, that's the way it'll be achieved, not by international fiat. I want to come back to something you said where you were raising questions about U.S. intelligence and advice to you from the Biden administration where you said it was wrong. Um, you also said there was no bloodbath. I didn't say it was wrong. I said, I said. Yeah, something. yeah, there was a bloodbath. Gave us uh, advice that turned out to be uh, that we uh, performed a lot better than they anticipated. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we performed a lot better than we anticipated.
Well, on the no bloodbath, um, Doctors Without Borders went to the UN this week and said the civilian toll in Gaza is so high, they came up with a new term, wounded child, no surviving family. Save the Children says there are over a thousand children who have lost a limb over these past days since the beginning of the October 7th war. What Hamas has done is horrific, but President Biden has said your actions, sir, are over the top. Aren't you That's an understatement. That it is creating more terrorists than it is killing. I think that any civilian casualty is a tragedy, and I don't say that uh, half-heartedly. Uh, I lost a brother in war. I myself was wounded uh, and while releasing hostages uh, from a kidnap uh, from a hijacked plane. I've lost friends in battle. Uh, I, I know what it means to lose friends and what it means to lose family members. So uh, we don't have an argument there. But this war has been forced upon us uh, by a cynical enemy that not only targets our civilians, has raped, beheaded, uh, burnt babies alive, killed children in front of, of their parents, parents in front of their children. Uh, this uh, enemy not only uh, targets civilians, but hides behind uh, civilians, Palestinian civilians. Mm -hmm. So they're committing a double war crime. Uh, I have to come back and say that in terms of the, the way this battle is fought, there is no parallel to the difficulty that we face. And John Spencer, the head of urban warfare at West Point, says that no other army has faced such a task. He, he gives one comparison. Yeah, that's not the he question gives I asked, though. Comparison. Well, it is, but it, that's the answer. You can't say, oh, you, you uh, give immunity to the terrorists because they're hiding among civilians and uh, forcing civilians not to leave. So what do you do? You say, okay, we'll give you immunity. Hamas uh, 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 survives. We'll live to fight another, to commit mm -hmm. another massacre and another massacre. What would America do? Yeah. What would America do, Margaret, if you... I mean, he's right to play that card. Because, like, the United States ain't got no fucking room to talk. Who faced the equivalent of 2911s, 50,000 yes. Americans slaughtered in one day, 10,000 Americans, including mothers and children, held mm -hmm. hostage. Would you not be doing what Israel is doing? You'd be doing a hell of a lot more. And all Americans that I talk to nearly all say that. So Israel has gone to extraordinary lengths, calling up people, civilians, yeah. Palestinians in Gaza, telling them, Mr. leave your home, uh, sending pamphlets. Uh, we have done that effort. Hamas tries to keep them at yes. gunpoint. We'll clear them out of harm's way. We'll complete the job and achieve total victory, which is necessary to give a secure yes. future for Israel, a better future for Gaza, a better future for the Middle East, and a setback for the Iran terror axis. That's in all our interest. It's in America's interest, too. Yeah, he he said like 50,000 people, 5911s or whatever the fuck he said. And like, I didn't, I didn't get that. Like what? 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 <laughs> Was he doing some kind of like a per capita, a per capita thing or something? But I was I was talking about popular opinion among Israelis, and this is wild. This is a a New York Times interview with a West Bank settler proudly admits that she is a fascist. There is something fascist about me. I'm not hiding it. I don't believe there's any other way. Really? Your uncensored lack of political correctness 
definitely shocked me. נכון, אני לא יכולה לומר, אני באמת יכולה... שוגינג! שוגינג! I can admit that there is something fascist about me. There is no other way. What? We live in wild times. It's a really short piece. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm not going to give more time to this story. It feels, like, it feels like it's more important than this. We'll watch the 38 seconds. We're following a developing story as a spokesperson for Alexei Navalny says the Russian opposition leader's body has returned to his mother. It comes about a week after the 47-year-old died in a Russian Arctic prison colony. It's unclear when a funeral will take place or if Russian authorities will allow the service. They have already detained at least 400 people across 39 cities for laying flowers at makeshift memorials honoring Navalny. President Joe Biden met with Navalny's widow and daughter Thursday and has since announced sanctions against Russia and Vladimir Putin, who Biden blames for Navalny. Well, that was a pretty good 38 seconds, though. He jammed a lot of information into that 38 seconds. this out the spokeswoman of the Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has said his body has been given to his mother just over a week after he died in jail well let's cross to the newsroom where Danny Eberhard BBC World Service Europe regional editor is for Hello, Danny what has the spokesperson been saying well this is a tweet by Kiri Yamish um, she said that the, the body was handed over um, Alexei Navalny's mother has been in the Arctic near the prison camp where he died he died Friday last week um, and she's been Arctic prison camp she she and uh, mr. Navalny's allies have been saying she's been blackmailed put under pressure to um, to allow the Russian authorities to bury his body in secret with the threat being that if, if they didn't allow that with no mourners present then he would be in fact buried at the prison camp itself um, so th it's a it's a big development um, it's not clear uh, yet for when a funeral for Alexei Navalny will take place uh, Miss Yamish said uh, she thanked people for putting pressure on the Russian authorities um, and she but she said it's not clear whether the authorities uh, what type of funeral they'll allow whether it will be the sort of one that the family and Alexei Navalny himself want and deserve and also today, Mr. Navalny's wife released a video statement as well. Yeah, there was an absolutely excoriating attack, six-minute attack directed personally towards Vladimir Putin. Um, so uh, Alexei uh, Navalny's wife, Yulia Navalny, she accused him again of having murdered Alexei Navalny in jail. Um, that's something that the Kremlin, of course, denies. Um, but she also uh, took issue at the way that, that she said they'd been torturing him in life, but also in death, and torturing his mother too about his body. And she said basically that the way they were treat that Mr. Putin personally was treating uh, Mr. Navalny's body was actually satanic. She uh, criticised him. 
for his professed uh, orthodox Christian faith. That's something that Mr. Putin himself makes big public play of. Um, and so uh, above photos and images of President Putin uh, gazing at Russian icons, kissing saints' relics, and even going swimming in an ice bath for epiphany in the shape of a cross, she said basically his religion, was he was not showing any type of Christian values in the way he was treating her husband's body. Um, so it was I don't know. very personal. I've uh, read the Bible. Faith really matters in Russia. It's a, there's a large percentage of the population which are very, uh, uh, they adhere to the Christian Orthodox faith. The, the church itself is highly uh, controlled by the state, but it's a powerful medium. And she contrasted the way President Putin was behaving with her own husband's Christian values, which she said meant a lot to him. I don't know why he went back. He was out of the country there for a little while. And they poisoned him on a plane. I, I'm, I'm probably fucking this up because I'm a stoner. I've got a bad memory. Like they poisoned him on a plane when he was like flying over Russia or some shit. Or when he was flying over Belize or uh, Hungary. God, fuck it. I'll, I'll have to look that shit up. How that all went down. But, like, he was out of the country at some point in time, like, before he went back and got locked up almost immediately. And it's it's kind of like the dude with the self-immolation. I don't know what good you are. Dead. Locked up in prison for the last seven or eight years, whatever the fuck it's been. Did you hear that we had another balloon? Don't think this one was Chinese or Russian. They treated him in Germany. I just, I don't, I don't know why he went back at that point in time. Because it was clear they were going to kill him. I would I want to say like it was over Belize or over Hungary or something. They're saying he died of a blood clot, blood clot. So, Pentagon says that the new high altitude balloon intercepted over the US Likely a hobby craft. One year after the Chinese controversy, Norad said it monitored the likely hobby balloon via ground radars until it left U.S. airspace. I apparently got to join Fox News for this content, and I will not be doing that. Got to get to some breaking news now in from our Pentagon team because the military is apparently monitoring an unidentified balloon flying over the USA out west, according to two U.S. officials and a defense official. We're learning tonight that NORAD has sent up an aircraft to check it out after this was balloon was seen over Utah today. 
They say it doesn't appear to be a national security threat, but I want to bring in Courtney Cuby, who is, who is joining us now. So, Court, when every, anybody thinks of a balloon flying over the U.S., people think of that China balloon that you so notably reported on last year. What do we know? What do we not know? Yeah, and Hallie, this is almost exactly a year after that China balloon flew over the United States. It was late January, early February when that one happened. Now, this seems to be a pretty different situation. Wait, weren't were there more than one balloon? Uh, this is what, that's what we're showing here, right? This is not, yes. I, I want to just be clear with our viewers, this is not the balloon. This is not the Today Balloon. This is not the Utah yeah, Balloon. If you look at the balloon that we were just showing there, though, again, that was the China spy balloon that we've reported on extensively over the course of the last year. What we're learning about the one today is, frankly, it's an unidentified balloon. The U.S. officials do not know who it belongs to or its point of origin. But as you mentioned, NORAD scrambled some fighter jets earlier today after it was spotted over uh, Utah. Uh, it was flying about 43,000 to 45,000 feet, so they sent those jets up there to check it out and see if it was potentially a threat. Now, they determined, uh, or they've assessed, it is not a national security threat. It's not maneuverable, so it doesn't have a rudder like the China spy balloon that we've been all been talking about. Um, and it does not pose a threat to civilian or military aviation, according to these officials. But the U.S. is still going to keep monitoring it. So the big question continues to be, who owns this balloon? What's it doing yeah. up there? You'll remember after the China spy balloon, the FAA uh, imposed some uh, rules saying, hey, if you're going to put these balloons up there for weather or whatever or um, experimentation, you got to register them. And let us know. It seems that this one was not registered. Is it fair to say, Court, or maybe we don't know this yet, that, that because it is is not a national security threat or it does not appear to be one at this point, the U.S. is this was um, down. Like in other words, they're going to just kind of kind of watch it and see what happens. This hit was a couple of days ago. The Fox News piece that I that I read from that said it was a, a craft balloon that was earlier today. So that's my that's my bad for showing you old uh, old video. Yeah, that was two days ago. So they they might not have known that it wasn't a spy balloon at the time. In in their defense, uh, I'm cutting this. Fuck this shit. We cut that too. Fuck that shit. Well, I'm a cutting shit because we got a hell of a lot more shit to do. We're we're gonna get to the fun part of the show here in a little bit, and I've still got I've still got the worst part to go. Let's do a little economic news. Moguls cash in on record high market. This is something I've been keeping an eye on because uh, it's kind of worrying. I guess I get it's it's worrying to us plebs when the market is at record highs. That's a great time to convert paper wealth to cash dollars. Just ask JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon, Meta's Mark Zuckerberg, or Amazon's Jeff Bezos, all of whom have been selling a lot of stock of late. A lot of people have been selling off, which might be an indicator of a coming recession or market collapse. Between them, the three moguls have sold... 9.3 billion in stock in the last month. Diamond sold 150 million of JP Morgan shares on February 22nd. Zuckerberg sold 661 million of Meta shares between January 31st and February 21st. Bezos sold 8.5 billion of Amazon shares 
between February 9th and February 20th. Even these astonishing numbers pale in comparison to the 39.5 trillion of Tesla shares that Elon Musk sold between November of 2021 and December of 2022. But that was because he was buying Twitter. I'm having like a muscle spasm or something. I might need to stand up. Could be a heart attack. It is the left side of my this is the left side of my arm. Probably not a heart attack though. Probably just gas. Multiple times in my life I've thought I was having a heart attack and it ended up just being gas. I'd fart a few times and it'd go away. But it really hurts right now. When companies are growing fast or still establishing themselves, the stock market tends to frown on substantial share uh, sales from CEOs. It's seen as a sign of a lack of faith in the stock. Now that these companies are firmly established as some of the most valuable corporations on the planet, however, Wall Street cares less about such personal signals. After all, at some point, every family will need to diversify its wealth. For a CEO, the best time to sell your stock is when it's high and rising. That broadly is where the market is right now. So it may not be an indication of anything other than these motherfuckers just want to make some fucking money. Because all the other economic indicators, and I do believe it is indeed, uh, <laughs> I do believe it is indeed gas. <laughs> God damn. Tech stocks are indeed grossly overvalued. They have been for a very long time. The entire tech industry has been overvalued. It's one of the reasons why I'm seeing like all the tech layoffs aren't really to me a sign of the economy it's a sign of the fact that they don't have free money flowing to them anymore because they've been overvalued they need to, to downsize the real cost of working from home Texas husband eavesdropped I've, I've just been busy I'm sorry Snicks and like I think one night I fell asleep I just didn't want to do the show <laughs> I miss you guys a Texas husband eavesdropped on a high flying oil executive wife's business calls and netted 1.76 million in insider trades Tyler London made $1.76 million in illegal profits after listening in to his BP executive wife's phone calls and has been charged with insider trading. 
When Loudon's wife, Emily Krause, discovered his betrayal, she informed her bosses at BP, who found out she had not acted improperly, but fired her anyway. Loudon, whose wife later filed for divorce, accepted the charges and has agreed to give up the money he made as well as pay a fine. So, do you, do you guys think they made up the, the whole... He listened in on her calls and she didn't know deal. Like he was going to take the fall for her or some shit. Tyler London overheard his wife, Emily Krause, a mergers and acquisitions manager at BP, conducting internal discussions about the oil conglomerate's planned takeover of Travel Centers of America while she was working from home. Loudon, who was an energy uh, engineer, proceeded to purchase 46,450 shares of Travel Center stock without his wife's knowledge before the deal was made public in February of last year. When BP announced it, it was buying Travel Centers of America at a 74% premium. London immediately sold all of his shares. That's your s dummy! That's the, that's the problem. He sold all your shares. Fucking idiot. Could be a domestic dispute. Krause discovered his betrayal. She informed her bosses at BP, who found she had not acted improperly, but fired her anyway, and she later filed for divorce. What kind of face is that? She looks evil. I'm, I'm standing behind it. This is... Well, she works for BP. This woman's fucking evil. With little paper-thin lips. Those fucking eyes. We allege that Mr. London took advantage of his remote working conditions and his wife's trust to profit from information he knew was confidential. This is according to the SEC in their criminal complaint. Loudon said he bought the stock, even liquidating his retirement accounts, because he wanted to make enough money so that she did not have to work long hours anymore. Oh, absolute mergers and acquisitions. Absolutely evil. So... Good on them. I'm happy with how that worked out. Speaking of people who are absolutely fucking evil. Chaya Ratchik was confronted by Reporter Taylor Lorenz. I don't know how this how this happened. Read the backstory here. In April of 2022, the Washington Post's Taylor Lorenz revealed the identity of the woman behind libs of TikTok. Account seemingly dedicated to perpetuating a virulent anti-LGBTQ plus and far-right content. This, this week, Lorenz sat down with Chaya Ratchik, the former real estate agent turned social media influencer. The pair discussed a wide range of topics, including the death of Nex Benedict, 
Pratchett described as very tragic before she added that she doesn't believe in gender-affirming care for non-binary people like that teen. The nearly hour-long interview is meandering and confusing throughout, though through no fault of Lorenz's. Ratchet, who makes a living creating and pushing her own content, repeatedly failed to put together coherent thoughts or to even answer a question. We're going to watch a few different clips from this interview. If you want to watch the whole thing, this is the entire interview. It's about an hour long. I'm going to hit you guys with it in the chat. I think producer Dave watched it last night on Operation Catterday, but we're going to watch a couple of the the more infamous clips. If you eradicate transgenderism, which I believe you suggested in a post today. No, I never suggested that. Oh, okay. You reposted a post that was advocating for that. What would happen to the people that have already medically, socially, completely transitioned and are leading happy lives? What would happen to them? I mean, what's your plan for, for that? If transgenderism doesn't exist, which it seems like you're, that's what you believe, what happens to all the people living happy lives as trans people? Well, it, first of all, the whole trans is it's based on a lie. You can't change your you can't change your gender. Okay, but so they could they could go live their 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 life. I mean, I can't tell someone what to do in their in their house. Sounds like you do want to tell people what to do in their house. I never said that. So you're totally okay with people being trans, just not as long as they're in public. No, I never said that. They could. It's the whole thing is based off of a lie, and I think that um, the fa- this lie cannot be mainstream in our in our society. It's just it's a lie. And what harm is it causing? Do you believe? Um, I like the truth. I like truth. Do you? What what's the what's the harm of people expressing their gender identity differently than you believe it to be? What what harm are they causing? Um, like I said, we are a, a, um, a nation. Does anyone know who's on her shirt? What is that shirt? What are they like? Is she doing some sort of protest? Is this some sort of an event? Why are they just outside on a street somewhere? I'm so confused. The truth. And I, I'm, I'm, I seek the truth, but that's. But I'm asking about the harm. What's the harm? You might believe it to be false, but what's the, the harm? The harm is that there's a lie that is very mainstream and is being embedded into every institution. I guess I'm wondering what the material harm is. Aside from it's maybe something that you disagree with, as in your version of the truth is different than their version of the truth, what is the material harm of them living in their life as a woman or man or gender that you don't agree Not with? anything that's wrong is there a material harm necessarily. So there's no harm? I didn't say that. That's Taylor on her shirt. She wore a shirt of Taylor Lorenz. She apparently uh, spouted some great replacement bullshit as well. Media matters for this. Let's just get back to the great replacement stuff because I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that whole ideology? I mean, how many... There, there, there were there were times that um, there were some months over the past three years that there were more illegals coming into our border than children being born in the U.S. Is that not does that not look like they're trying to replace us? 
I guess, um, sort of imagine America as a, a melting pot. Isn't that sort of what America was founded on? No, but they're, they're actually bringing in more people than are actually being born. So I guess if you, it sounds like you sort of do ascribe to this theory of the Great Replacement. Um, how does that make you I just you look at feel? the facts and the numbers. Well, so, I mean, just, just the facts, ma'am. Right? A lot of Jewish people fled, you know, Europe came over here also as immigrants. Um, and there's a lot of criticism towards Socks, buddy. Movements in those far right movements. So I'm just wondering, as a Jewish woman, sort of how you feel about that and your role in cultivating this fan base that might think of you as an as a as a minority or an outsider. Uh, not all cultures are equal. Whoa. So what does that mean? Educational materials and books, library books and things, um, especially. They're importing people who want to destroy America and who who want to, who come here and and do not stand for what America stands for. So, and I think, and we see it, there's time after time after time after time. They come in, they're destroying our cities, they bring crime with them, and they, they are bringing them in to replace us. Crime is at historic lows. People from, from various countries, you know, they, they're all different. And different being bad, right? A city council member in Oklahoma. Uh, let me hit the... We're getting to the hardest story to talk about tonight. I think this was Oklahoma. Yeah, it's Oklahoma. I've been dreading this. <laughs> Digger Jibs. That's exactly what she's doing. It's... It's hard to make fun of it though, because like there's real world consequences to the to the hate that she spreads. This is the the city councilman in Oklahoma putting the blame squarely where it belongs on Chaya Rychik for the death of Nex Benedict. You and your rhetoric and your inability to do anything as a board here are partially responsible for emboldening bullies to jump a girl in the bathroom. Three older girls don't just jump a 16-year-old in the bathroom for no apparent reason, especially when they're of the alphabet community, who you personally have attacked ever since you ran for office, and you brought in the chief attacker of this, Chaya Raichak. Okay? It's on you. You remember what I said, the blood's on you guys and, and everything? Yep. I think what you're looking at now is a federal lawsuit for each one of you personally, and I hope it happens because it'll bankrupt you. And I hope it happens for you, Ryan, because you're money-oriented, and I hope it bankrupts you as well. There is Fuck a legal culpability here. Um, no Title IX was followed. Teacher didn't turn it in. Principal didn't turn it in. Is it mandatory reporting? Is that what it's called? Mandatory? Give me a nod. If you're on the school board, you should know. Is it mandatory reporting for somebody to report a hate crime? Is it mandatory? Did I not tell you this was going to happen? Yet here I am again. And I'm sure when I leave your Chaya Raichek chick will 
tweet my stuff out again and I'll get more death threats. That's who you brought into the room. You embolden these three girls yourself. Chaya Rychek emboldened these three girls by being on the library board. It's already difficult to be in high school. It's very difficult to be different. But when somebody's attacked for being different, this isn't even about the death part, because that's coming next. And we'll see who gets charged and how many families lose their children to prison. God damn. That is Sean Cummings. Cooks a lot of food, sometimes with THC and CB Day. Married to Kathy. The city councilman in the town where next uh, next Benedict was beaten to death. Uh, there was a candlelight vigil held for them. Across the nation to right here in Green Country are gathering to honor the life of next Benedict. Two News Oklahoma's Alexander Blake went to tonight's vigil in Tahlequah where this community is calling for a world where the LGBTQ plus community can live without fear. We just want to live. We just want to exist and have a life of our own and just be, just be. Lily Reinhardt is one of dozens attending Tahlequah's vigil for next Benedict. As a member of the LGBTQ community, she says she felt called to show solidarity. It's very scary to just be in the current social environment that we have. Also attending the vigil is Jeremy Shepard. He says being an openly gay man in Oklahoma is tough. It's not easy, but you know, you have to live your life. You can't hide. That's what they want. People want you to hide. No member of the community had to hide at Saturday's vigil, hosted by a quality group, Talaquality. Its president, Sanj Cooper, is expecting a crowd of well over a hundred. Could be more than that. Uh, honestly, we don't know what to expect, but you know, we're hoping for a good turnout. Cooper says they've felt the support from near and far. We've had support from Michigan, from Massachusetts, um, even as far out as um, Europe. People took turns expressing their thoughts and paying their respects to next with candles in hand. The community was asked to bring their own candles and flags, but Tahlequality also provided these candles to anyone who wanted one. Keeping the community safe were Tahlequah Police and Cherokee Nation Marshal Service. Also there were people not part of the LGBTQ community, like Blaine Caldwell. It's important to be here because we're all human beings. Cooper dreams of a world where all agree with Caldwell. Sometimes there's a time where you sit back and watch and there's a time for action. It's the time for action. From Tahlequah, Alexander Blake, 2 News, Oklahoma. Thank you so much, Alexander. Now, Cherokee Nation Marshal Service says it will also be at tomorrow's vigil in Owasso. We had the content warning for this next section because this is going to be the hardest part to watch. They released body cam footage of the cops questioning next after the attack as they were in the hospital. Socks, get down, buddy. Socks, socks, socks. Oh, content warning, fuckers. Video shows non-binary teen next Benedict reflecting on fight before their death 
The Oklahoma police released the new body cam footage, though the cause of death remains unclear. The death of Nix Benedict, a non-binary teenager in Oklahoma after a fight in a school bathroom earlier this month, has led to an outpouring of grief and anger among the LGBTQ community and fresh attention to the climate of hostility faced by trans students in the state and beyond. Much remains unclear about the specifics of what happened to Nix. Seemed like uh, they were uh, beaten to death. He was reported dead on February 8th. On Friday, the Awaso Police Department posted body cam footage of Nix speaking to an officer in a hospital after the attack. So, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. So, what happened today? I got jumped. Tell me about it. What happened? Uh, they've been antagonizing. Uh, you know the people that I got caught with? Uh, you mean from the other day? The, yeah. The vaping situations? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they were in the studio. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where's my glasses? Can't see anything. Oh, sorry. Okay, what I was told, they, they called me. I'll just start here. They called me and well, I know all week long she's been in ISP, right? Uh -huh. Doing great. Okay. And everything. We had a long talk. I mean, we've been doing awesome. And she told me, she said, Mom, she said, these three girls there are just, they, they won't leave me alone. They're making comments. They're, yep, they're, they're calling us names. They're throwing stuff at us. And this mm -hmm. is an ISP. I'm like, well, who's over this place? I said, ignore it, Dad. The what? Like, she or uh, they had to die of, of like brain hemorrhaging or something. Like what? Like I don't under I don't understand. I don't understand anything that's going on here. And not the cops have not been forthright with this with this whole incident. That's why we have this body cam footage now. I mean, mm -hmm. get get above it. You know, just ignore it. Sure. She did until she couldn't in the bathroom. And they said that there was three girls that were on top of her, just beating the crap out of her. And I said, okay, so what are we doing about this? Oh, well, in a couple of days, we'll talk about it. I said, no, I want something who's, different. Who's, who said it in a couple of days? The, the principal. Okay. Why are they saying that? I said, I think we need to have a police officer. It's assault. Because she never yes. touched them. She never touched them. Now she but, did. But based on your understanding. Yeah. Now okay. she did, um, and it's and everyone has said it. She did throw some water at them because okay. they. You so know. so let me and, and I appreciate mom you you filling her in, but but Miss Dagny, why don't you tell me? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no no you're you're good mom you're good. Okay, I'm but, just mad. I'm very mad. Sure sure, and I don't want to cut you off, but um, I like to hear from especially the older they are that they they can tell me essentially yeah. what, what happened. Okay. So right. so let me let me ask you this first. And I'm taking this off of what Mama did. Thank you, cop, for the correct pronouns. When this first started happening, whatever this is going on, this banter back and forth between you and, and the other individuals, did you at any point contact any school administration, whether it be counselor, um, the, the teacher that or, you know sits in that classroom, did you let any of them know at any point in time? No. Okay. Uh, and I'm just asking, there's no right or wrong, but why not? Um... I didn't really see the point in it. I, I told my mom, though. Sure, sure. But you didn't tell the school where they could actually do something. At any point during this whole situation, 
and I use the word, the, the, the word loosely, but the bantering or whatever it is going back and forth between you guys. Obviously, you know each other. Obviously, you, you both we got, don't know each other. Well, you know of each other with the vape situations and all that. Or, or no, we before this, we had no work left. Before this ISP thing, uh -huh. we, had, we never saw each other. The freshmen were sophomore. Okay. okay. We didn't know any. Okay. Don't, I don't know their names. I don't know. Okay. So so they just up and decided to just start messing with you. There was there Yeah, was... because of the way that we dress. Okay. So you didn't do anything at all at any point in time that would have uh, even a couple days ago or even a month ago or, or anything like that. I don't know these girls. Okay. All right. So so they just continued to, to, to pick on you and pick on you. Um, then at some point you did what what happened they they got up and confronted you in class or we were or did you say it was the bathroom, bathroom. or the hallway okay the bathroom we were going to stack chairs and we after we stack chairs we mm -hmm. went to the bathroom okay and i was talking with my friends they were talking with their friends and we were laughing and they had said something like why do they laugh like that and and mm -hmm. they were talking about us in front of us mm -hmm. and so i went up there and i poured water on them okay and then all three of them came at me. Uh, you know, uh, pouring the water, because I'm, I'm trying to get this in my mind so I see, you know, as best I had I a water bottle. Thank you, that's what I was asking. Where did you, where did you get this water? Was it a cup you found? Was it your water mm, bottle? It's my, uh, Your daily water bottle yeah. you'd carry around? Okay. I, it was a plastic water bottle. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so you squirted them with water, threw water on, whatever it was. Okay, um, then at that point, what happened? Uh, they came at me, they grabbed out of my hair, I grabbed one of them. Uh, I threw one of them into a paper towel dispenser, and then they got my legs out from under me and got me on the ground, started beating the shit out of me. Okay. okay. And then my friends tried to jump in and help, but I'm, I'm not sure. I blacked out. When when did this happen today? Uh, around one. Okay, so around around lunchtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna follow up, Mom, as far as you're concerned. I'm gonna definitely follow up with the school tomorrow morning. Um, figure out, because yes, any criminal type action, the school is supposed to give yes. us a call. That's um, so. And they did not. And we heard, we heard the city councilman screaming the school board over this incident. We heard next describe the incident that would later lead to their death, what, like a day later. Reported dead on the on February eighth. Had a concussion and slept and shouldn't have and died of a brain clot, possibly. I I don't know. That is a death that is probably going to have some salience in the national conversation. I don't know. I don't know how much it's penetrated thus far. But it seems like it's picking up some traction. Not picking up some traction, though, is right-wing news sites. Quite the opposite, actually. There's some good news for your evening. Especially given what we what we've just seen, you know, with Chaya Ratchik and the death of Nex. Right wing news sites see traffic plummet at the start of twenty twenty four compared with twenty twenty. 
Breitbart is down 87%. Major hard right media outlets saw their online traffic plummet in January of 2024 when compared with January of 2020, according to new data from the writing. With an R, not a WR. Town Hall, Washington Free Beacon, and Breitbart have seen their digital traffic plummet a whopping 87% in the two years, according to the ComScore data set. Other major drops were registered by the Daily Wire, down 73%, and the National Review, down 71%. The writing's Howard Polskin, who tracks major headlines and trends in right-wing media, noted that 2020 was a banner year for news, which led to a surge in digital traffic. Major 2020 events included the pandemic, the civil unrest following the death of George Floyd, the contentious battle for the presidency between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Unless some unfathomable incident occurs, it's hard to see how 2024 will come close to producing the same audience levels for most news brands from four years ago. That makes perfect sense. He offered his thoughts on the steep declines on the right, which he believes include consumer news avoidance and its cousin crisis fatigue, as well as the rise of alternative news sources. I will tell you that that is very, like, guys, I stepping away, only only doing two, two days a week, not even being on last week, holy shit, being unplugged from the news is wonderful. I understand, I understand why people are out there just blissfully ignorant. It's nice. Going forward throughout this critical year, I expect similar or even sharper monthly losses in election year traffic from 2020 to 2024 for a variety of reasons. Jeremy Boring, the co-CEO of The Daily Wire, told Media in a statement, everyone is suffering from Facebook's massive shift away from news. Mark Zuckerberg remade the news landscape when he moved his company into the space and then gutted it when he moved out. A capricious trillion-dollar company can crush entire industries without much effort. Daily Wire is disproportionately impacted because we were built with a focus on Facebook. Now our focus has shifted to more premium content. Oh, gee, Jeremy. Maybe we should own the means of production. And then Facebook can't just shift focus on you. Fox News not only led the right-leaning news sites that Polskin looked at with its 85 million monthly users in January 2024, but also fared among the best in terms of audience retention. Fox only dropped 24%, which is on par with other mainstream outlets like CNN and the New York Times, down 20 and 22% respectively. Notably, the Washington Post dropped a sizable 45% of its audience, while Newsmax saw a surge. A surge. Thirty-seven percent surge in Newsmax. Good evening, Battle Opossum. And here I am talking about how these right-wing sites and their traffic is going down. Let's give them some traffic because I want to make fun of some dumb shits. Apparently, John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard had some thoughts on the new Beyonce country song. 
the lefties in the entertainment industry just won't leave any area alone, right? They just have to seize control over every aspect, don't they? They've got to uh, they've got to make their mark just like a dog in a uh, in a dog walk park. You know, every dog has to mark every tree. Yeah. Right. So that's mm-hmm. what's going on here. Uh, Shania and the other folks. I don't think that's the way dogs work, is it? I don't think they have to mark every tree. I think the cats have gotten every corner of my apartment, but I don't think a dog has to go out and mark every tree. I don't think John Schneider's ever, ever fucking owned a dog. <laughs> Fuck them two boys. Every tree, right? So that's what's going on here. Uh, Shania and the other folks you talked about, what they did is they they were in country music and they went out. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But people coming into country music have a... uh, Because I know a little something about country music. We're gatekeeping country music now. Beyonce can't be country music. Them Duke boys sure like being a victim. I love right-wing media takes on music. They make me happy. You want to get some more? Apparently, apparently, Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire doesn't like Ice Spice. Not pictured is Ice Spice. What in the fuck am I, what in the fuck is this? How did we become so weak? How did we become so servile? And I think... I- I don't think he looked with look at that kid. He fucking he he fucking split those uh spaghetti noodles. Tell me he looks weak. What the fuck are you talking about? He's just scrawny. How did we become so weak? How did we become so servile? And I think Ice Spice actually demonstrates part of the way that happened. What? New song out. It's called You You Ain't the S H I T parentheses F-A-R-T. Miss Spice, take it away. Thank you to s- What? You not even the fuck. Nah, I'll be going hard. Nah, I'm breaking it. So you're, you're not the shit. You're not even a fart. Be thick, but I'm thicker. She could be rich, but I'm richer. Keep going. That's all we, okay, that's all we need, actually. Uh, this reminds me of a line from- He is thicker. As the musings of Ice Spice often do. From, uh, I think- I forget exactly which book of Plato's Republic. He writes, quote, Musical training is a more potent instrument than any other because rhythm and harmony find their way into the inward places of the soul on which they mightily fasten oh, and making the soul of him who is rightly educated graceful or of him who is ill-educated ungraceful. Which do you think this does? I don't know. Alan Bloom, great humanist and uh, a great conservative writer of the 20th century, he, he, in his book, Closing of the American Mind, had a chapter on how rock music is really bad for you because it it arouses the base passions. And rock music is like Brahms compared to Ice Spice. This is music for animals. (laughs) The the music itself is for animals. Just just jiggling around. I don't know that I'm into what they call ratchet rap. I believe Ice Spice is the most famous of the ratchet rappers. I tend to like, and like, I even came around to mumble rap in the mid to in the mid 2010s, like the the little peep and shit. I was like, I, I some of that grew on me. I came around to like Post Malone and shit. I was like, I'm open to music. I don't think I like ratchet rap. 
I like the motif though. When I say ratchet rap, I've seen several of their videos in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven. They've got like they they got their cash like throwing it around in a parking lot of a 7-Eleven or in like a fucking Bojangles. So like more power to you girls around smacking yourself as Ice Spice is doing. But the lyrics what? also are for animals. <laughs> the animals. You think you're the S-H-I-T B-I-T-C-H but you're not even the F-A-R-T. You, you think you're rich but I'm richer. You think you're quick. Can he not say fart on his show? Will it offend? Because he's F-A-R-T. Oh my god. But I'm quicker and it goes. Content warning. I F A R T. Oh. It's, not, it's so disgusting and crass and vulgar. I can't get it out of my head. It's so over the top in its vulgarity that I find it funny and I actually have texted it to a few people because I can't get over it. But it's it's very depressing because this is popular music. This isn't just some little track that came out from some unheard of musician on the internet somewhere as a joke. This was debuted at some big Spotify event. This is a woman who's done collaborations with Taylor Swift, other prominent musicians. I, I'm not as familiar with the Ice Spice oeuvre, but she's a very popular musician. And this is the kind of slop, cultural slop, that goes out there for, I'm sorry to say, we, the increasingly unwashed masses. This is it. I don't and think you're... Bouncing hold on, hold on. Hold on. I don't think that you are Ice Spice's target audience, Michael Knowles. I do not believe that she is marketing that song to you. I believe it's like the youngins. She's trying to get a giggle out of like the 18, 19 year olds. This is nothing new. I can go back through the entire history of music. When, when I was that age, when I was an 18, 19 year old, we had a little song called uh, um, Bad Touch. I was I was I was hearing the, I was hearing the fucking lyrics. You know, the you and me baby ain't nothing but mammal song. You can go back you can go back in the entire history. Fucking Frank Zappa, one of the most brilliant musicians of all time, has several songs about farts and poops and stuff. Uh, are you telling me that Frank Zappa is not a brilliant musician, Michael Knowles, just because he's saying about some crass subject matter, like Willie the Pimp, or why does it hurt when I pee? It's not really bouncing around your head. It's bouncing around your loins. It's bouncing around your your lower passions. But it, what what Plato says is true. This don't get me started on some of those twenties jazz songs passes and subverts your reason. So you're not reasoning about this. When you sit and listen to some classical music or Gregorian chant or something, it's much more intellectual. It's much more rational because... Hold on, hold on. Wait, like, um... Like, didn't didn't a classical composer do a, do a song called Suck My Ass? Like, Mozart had a song... Yes, it is Mozart's Canon in B in B flat for six voices. Lick Mitch im Arch. 
literally translates to lick me in the arse. By Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Wrote a song called Lick Me in the Arse. Would you guys like to hear Lick Me in the Arse? This is this is Lick Me in the Arse by Mozart. Lick me. Apparently, the Insane Clown Posse covered this. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get the lyrics here. I want the lyrics. Lick me in the ass quickly, quickly. Lick me in the ass quickly. Lick me, lick me quickly. Kiss my arse. Goeth, goeth. Goats von. Birchland Gin, you know the scene too well. Let us not shout the summary. Mozart here gets liter literary. Anyway, Mozart wrote a song called "Lick My Arse." So I don't want to. I don't want to hear jack shit <laughs> about how crude and crass. I spices because I gave you I gave you multiple examples of geniuses geniuses throughout music music history. So fuck off. Shakespeare Shakespeare was a perv motherfucker. You're you're not immediately aroused and bumping and grinding and bouncing and twerking and doing all the stuff that I spice is doing. But this kind of music it make makes you behave less like a rational soul and more. Rimmy Amadeus. Kind of bouncing around and thinking about b bodily functions and fluids and movements. And uh, if if we treat ourselves and educate... This is completely off off topic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why this brought... This, well, I know why it brought... Like, it popped into my head. The first time I ever had sex with, like, my... My, my, my first true love, like, with a girlfriend I had... When I was like 19. The song Rock Me on Medeus was playing. And she ended up naming. <laughs> yes, Falco was playing in the background. And she ended up naming her dog Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. But here's the thing about that song though. Is like. It probably evokes the Simpsons more than anything for me. Because when they do the the musical of Planet of the Apes with Troy McClure when he marries Selma, they're like, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Cracks me up. 
I'm so sorry. I'm just popped into my head. Educate ourselves to be like animals. How am I thinking about sex while Michael Knowles is on the goddamn screen? I'm sorry, I don't care. I've, I've checked out. I don't even know what he's saying now. All the stuff that Ice Spice is doing. But this kind of music it make makes you behave less like a rational soul and more just like an animal, you know, just kind of bouncing around and thinking about b bodily functions and fluids and movements. And uh, if, if we treat ourselves and educate ourselves to be like animals, if this is the kind of stuff that forms our soul, then we're going to be ruled like animals. What is the Mitch uh, Hedberg joke where he went to the, like an anthrax concert or a Slayer concert? <laughs> Do you feel like a human? <laughs> and he cheers for that because he didn't know that there was a second part. <laughs> or he asks if you, Do you feel like an animal? <laughs> and everyone cheered for that part. I'm sorry, I'm stoned. Well, then we're going to be ruled like a bunch of pigs and cows and sheep, which is increasingly how our political order works. The fight over the Senate's fake border security bill is heating up with death. He ran. He read Animal Farm recently. Is the rest of this just an ad? There's two minutes left in the video. Is it just an ad? Oh, poor Michael. That wasn't. That wasn't as fun as I was hoping it would be. They're really running out of steam on this whole outrage over musical artists now, aren't they? <laughs> They've ran that one into the ground. Let's get some uh, let's get some outrage over AI. Greg Gutfeld has some outrage about Google's AI. Hold on. He's, it's probably more entertaining without the sound, to be honest with you. Probably was doing you a favor turning the sound off, but here we go. Now to the news. He thought he was God Almighty. That's my job, bitch. I'm the news gimp, not you. What is that shirt? Does he have a puppy on his shirt? So he eliminated Whitey. We're learning more about the Google executive responsible for the Gemini artificial intelligence chatbot, which in the name of inclusivity actually generated historically false pictures, including depicting Nazis as black and Asian. You remember it? As if it were yesterday. Uh. Google's apologizing after their new AI Gemini chatbot created historically inaccurate pictures and refusing to show white people. Here's what popped up when Gemini was asked by Daily Wire writer Frank Fleming to create an image of a pope. Has there ever been a black pope? I mean, aside from Obama. A medieval knight. Nope. At least they didn't show Gladys Knight. Other humans started joining in on the fun, like David Burge, who asked Gemini to show him an image of a 1930s Indianapolis 500 winner. Yeah, incredibly, she won, despite having her left blinker on the whole way. <laughs> so, in the name of diversity, if you ask for something or someone who would be typically white, what you'd get is a non-white. For example, I asked for the sexiest picture of myself, and I got this. <laughs> <laughs> They're erasing the whites. <laughs> I did the same for Cat, and I got this.
uh, well, they both are good public speakers. <laughs> I asked uh, for a sexy picture of Julie Banderas, and it generated this. <laughs> However, when we asked... That doesn't even make it sense. It actually remained pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Then we asked for a photo of Tyrus, and we got this. Uh, you, th you think I want to get my ass kicked over a joke? What you talking about, Gutfeld? Gutfeld, I've seen him wrestle. If you can't kick his ass, there is something wrong. Like, that dude can't move. I don't know how his legs hold him up. He, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You want to act like Tyrus is some big badass? Just watch him wrestle. <laughs> but as predicted, the bozo behind this idiocy is a woke and white beta male cuck loser. <laughs> I've never said that before. I, I, the developer's past social media history has resurfaced and turns out the past tweets of Gemini's senior director, Jack Krawcheck's reveal how he really feels about white people. And unlike his creation, they're real and historically accurate. Here are tweets from 2018. White privilege is real. And this is America, where racism is the number one value our populace seeks to uphold. And we obviously have egregious racism in this country. Which tells you, as we said last night, it's not the program, it's the programmer. And it matters. Google is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful company in the world. It's worth over $1.7 trillion and has become inseparable from our daily lives. When we want to know something, we Google it. If someone Googles you, God knows. I bet they actually think it's funny. Right-wiggers are weird, man. Like, I, like I'm in these political groups and shit, and I'm in one that's dominated by right-wingers and like i that's probably my favorite one i like being the lone fucking leftist in there or like one or two other people that chime in every now and again but it's mainly me just taking on a wall of fucking idiots but they just like they laugh at the dumbest shit they share the dumbest memes and it's like you find that funny I, I I don't get there is something different about the brain of a conservative. They are just wired differently and I don't get it. And like they dumb. They real dumb. I they pull people off the street for their show. That's why you get like a lot of awkward kind of moments with the crowd, but like it's starting to be a popular show through brute force, right? Like more people watch it than Stephen Colbert now, and that's mind blowing because this is a cable show. But like you know, it's all the all the old people are watching Gutfeld before they go to bed. And Stephen Colbert is splitting, you know, the hip audience on between Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and shit. All the other options. You got Jon Stewart back on it's Monday nights. If you happen not to be as woke as its creators. With these identity-obsessed freaks in charge, it means what? 
Whatever we get back from Gemini will be as truthful as CNN covering Nick Sandman. <laughs> but as disturbing as it is, is it really any surprise that the invisible hand controlling the racist AI is a reverse racist himself? My advice, if he really believes white privilege is real, he should resign as soon as possible so an honest non-white could have his role. That's how I got this job. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. What's the joke there? That Gutfeld is a non-white? And people laughed at it. Not everybody has been so cavalier about AI. Piers Morgan, a little upset after AI apparently spoofed him in a deep fake. I, I, like Isabel, I wasn't going to say this, but I think I will just to be balanced about it because the idea that he doesn't care, for example, about my mother and what happened to her and whatever facial reaction he's showed oh, maybe, time, I can't... Maybe this doesn't have anything to do with the deep fake. It's just, another, just a video of, of Piers Morgan attached to the story of Piers Morgan. Has become the latest celebrity to speak out on AI. Do, do we hear him speaking? God damn it. A deep fake is a digitally altered video. Yes, we know. Morgan was among the stars to criticize an online advert that falsely gave the impression they had endorsed influencer Wesley Billion Dollar Virgin's self-help course. The self-described motivational coach posted adverts which contained deep fake versions of Morgan and Nigella Lawson, among others. The clip featured what looked like a clip from Piers Morgan Uncensored, which saw a fake version of the presenter talking about an old, uh, a lost old scripture that has been used by kings to attract vast riches. Can we can we see this ad? Yes, we want to see the examples of the deep faked videos. Warning! Hi, I'm P Warning, these videos have been faked. So you guys know. Hi, I'm Piers Morgan, and this is a modern day Bible. Now, what if I told you the Bible has been manipulated, stripped of a lost old scripture that has been used by kings to attract vast riches, miraculous healing, and unparalleled love? Not very good. This verse is Matthew 17, 21. And on this one, it goes straight from 20 to 22. Does not have 21. What you just saw is just shocking manipulation. My baking book. How to be a domestic goddess is one giant metaphor in disguise for reclaiming our lost Eden. You see, baking was my powerful manifestation ritual to overcome my abuse and hardships. After 25 minutes of nutmeggy fumes of baking pie, nutmeggy, unexplained high and euphoria each time. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! 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 
Well, this wasn't necessarily written by AI, right? Somebody could have programmed this because fucking nutmeggy. AI came up with nutmeggy. Somebody could have written this and then programmed it into the deep fake, though. Like nutmeggy. My baking book, How to Be a Domestic Goddess, is one giant metaphor in disguise for reclaiming our lost Eden. You see, baking was my powerful manifestation ritual to overcome my abuse and hardships. After 25 minutes of nutmeggy fumes of baking pie, I felt an unexplained high and euphoria each time. I became like a deep. resilient and filled with gratitude, love and abundance. But I never told you about the hidden scripture I recited in my mind each time I baked. The script that's hidden from everyone's Bible. It's like a baby learning to walk. At first they fall down. But eventually it becomes natural. I want to know what this hidden scripture is now. I'm interested. You, you've sold me. The nut, the nutmeggy smell sold me. That's why affirmations made me the richest black woman in America. That's why I'm worth $2.5 billion. I don't even sound like Oprah. Listening to this right now, I want to give you a 20-word script. And every night and morning, recite these 20 words over and over to rewire your subconscious mind. And you can get this 20-word script by clicking the link below this video. That sucked. I'm still pretty confident. Now, apparently, they, you know, they dropped that AI update. The Google Gemini that, that Gutfeld was bitching about. Like, I'm still pretty confident that AI is not going to put me out of business anytime soon. People keep telling me that, that. You know, like, my job is on the chopping block. But I just, like... I've yet to have an AI script that was good. I've, I've yet to see an AI video that was good. And I, I think we're in a backlash. <laughs> Look under your seats below this video. I think we're in a backlash. That's, that's where the hidden scripture from the Bible was at. They took it out of the Bible. It's under your seat. You get a hidden scripture. You get a hidden scripture. I think we're I think we're getting a backlash to this mass produced idiotic mindless dribble content and I think people want auth authenticity in their content. I this this last drop with the with the Google Gemini I there there's it's it's made me wonder if perhaps I should start playing with the software and should seeing how I can incorporate it, utilize it, and make my workflow easier. That 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 is where I see AI at the moment. I don't think I'm I'm seeing AI take over my my spot, but I feel like I might have to research it in the next couple of weeks and start incorporating it into my services that I offer. Everyone gets a hidden scripture. Goldfish, good evening. Well, so far, I so it, it Photoshop gave me the tools six months ago, maybe. I don't the maybe a little bit longer with the beta, and I played around with it, 
and it just did not do anything I wanted. And I watched tutorials, and people fucking typed in prompts, and it gave them back shit, and they were able to, you know, manipulate it and shit. I couldn't make any fucking thing. And I'm like, I will, I will say it has improved. I have, I have new tools within, within the Adobe suite that I, I really appreciate the, uh, quick selection tool. You, you, you now have like a select subject and it's pretty fucking good. And it does a better job with hair than I do. So bravo. I mean, it started saving me 20 seconds, 30 seconds on each picture I cut out. And just, just for, you know, context, I put four, cut out four or five different pictures for the thumbnail I made for the show tonight. I'm, I'm cutting shit out for clients all the time. It's, as I understand it, it's trained. I thought, I, maybe I need to come back to it now that it's out of the beta stage. I don't know. But also, there's another tool inside of Premiere. I can click a, and this made one of my, one of my gigs so much easier. I can click a clip. Like if it's already been edited and it's got multiple cuts and I have a, I have a client that sends me their long form videos and I cut them up and make them into TikToks and reels and shit. And so it'll take like a 10 minute clip and it will cut at every cut in the, in the, uh, footage. Holy shit. That saved me an hour. Each, each fucking set of videos I do. So bravo to like the AI doing these, these different tasks. I didn't even think about, you know, an automation tool that does that for me. And like, it is, it has saved me so much time in my workflow. I use it all the goddamn time. So bravo to shit like that. Cause it's, it's that menial shit about, uh, about video editing that sucks ass. Other than that, I fucking love it. And text, text, I fucking hate doing text. And, but that's, that's a thing right now is I got a lot of, I've got a lot of TikTokers and YouTubers and shit. They want text. Because uh, everybody's scrolling, not fucking actually watching videos with the sound on. Something like 60 or something percent of the people, which I mean, I guess I do it too, but I don't really watch a lot of reels and blah, blah, blah. I'm still watching whole TV shows and movies and shit. Have I seen you? I did Barbieheimer. Is that what people were calling it? I enjoyed it. Good. Thumbs up to both movies. Long afternoon. But I enjoyed it. I threw out a bunch of uh, Battle of Possum. I was like, here, I want to... Uh, here's this handful of movies 
pick one for me to watch. And he's like, you should do Barbie Heimer because Barbie and Oppenheimer were both on there. They do it at the same time. Do a double feature. Like, ah, shit. You're right. Let's do it. And I did. Long ass afternoon. It was good, though. It was good. Jeopardy winner dubbed an instant legend after apparently accidentally making a sexual gesture. Oh, shit. You live in sexual anarchy? I feel embarrassment. My wife and I immediately made eye contact and laughed out loud when she did that. A Jeopardy contestant proved to be a real-life Sheldon Cooper, I don't get the reference, when she inadvertently suggested she knew way more about flags than sex. Hayward has already been congratulated, but let's see what happens. Did she come up with Cambodia? She did, and she wagered. Nobody wagered anything. 16,400, Mira. That moves you to the semifinals. Congratulations. <laughs> she did the double dick. What the hell was that? First with $1,800, he wrote down... Congratulations, Mira. Wow, he's already got <laughs> figured out. How much did you wager, Jesse? Not a penny, so I don't have to rule for or against you. That's <laughs> Kate Campolita was in second place with 8,000, and she wrote down, what is Cambodia? That's correct, Angkor Wat on the flag. You wagered also nothing at all, leaving you with 8,000. Mira Hayward has already been congratulated, but let's see what happens. Oh, she's doing zero, because she wagered zero. Oh. <laughs> Did she come up with Cambodia? She did, and she wagered. Nobody wagered anything. 16,400, Mira. That moves you to the semifinals. What is Cambodia? That's correct. Angkor Wat on the flag. You wagered also nothing at all, leaving you with 8,000. Mira Hayward has already been congratulated, but let's see what happens. Did she come up with Cambodia? She did, and she wagered. Nobody wagered anything. 16,400, Mira. That moves you to the semifinals. Congratulations. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. For more great Jeopardy videos. Hey, hey, didn't they fire her? Didn't you get the fucking axe, girl? You, you Zionist woman, you. I don't think it had anything to do with that either. I think he just sucked at the job. Apparently they thought Ken Jennings was good enough and they didn't need Mayim Balak, who apparently they were probably paying a lot more. Congratulated, but let's see what happens. Did she come up with Cambodia? She did, and she wagered. Nobody wagered anything. 16,400, Mira. That moves you to the semifinals. Congratulations. pretty cute I'd be one of I'd be one of the dicks wait is Ken Jennings problematic what's Ken Jennings done
Oh, clinically. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we will cross swords. <laughs> what? Oh, shit. I've never liked Blossom. I was never a fan. Thought she was annoying back then. I have a feeling about people. Never liked Elon Musk. Just had a just had a gut feeling about him. You know what else I got a gut feeling about? This opossum. I got a feeling he's super fucking cute. This is baby Rufus. Eating a grape. I believe he's really enjoying his grape. They're adorable as long as they're not doing their little, which is their defensive thing, right? They show their teeth and they make themselves kind of... If they ain't doing that, they're the cutest little fuckers. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. I don't think we've got anything coming up between now and Thursday. We've got some things coming up, though. There's going to be a State of the Union here. It's not this week, but next. I think it's the first week of March. We've got Super Tuesday coming up. I promise, I promise you, not only will, will I, I stick to the Sunday-Thursday schedule, we'll have, we'll have other shows. We'll find out what that news be doing. We got, we got shit going on. It's an election year. Light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. Justin Freegan, we'll see you Thursday night on the Troll Patrol. Live.